remember if you guys recall, I brought this up in the chat once, but Alex is a friend who truly cannot watch TV because she doesn't want to watch anything that's longer than 30 minutes and also doesn't want to watch comedy. The stuff that's most so interesting to her is TV. more like fantasy stuff. Yeah, or, get rid of your like, TV. It was, she's had like an increasing series of demands that were like, there is no TV show like this that exists. You cannot. Does <laughs> she, what did she do? Does Give she me the read? list of demands. Does she play video games? Does is this a puzzle? I don't remember that well. She just is, doesn't have the attention I, Is this like the princess TV. in the pee and if I solve it... <laughs> She has not attention span for TV or an interest in the kind of TV for people with short attention spans. And so it's a problem for her. Oh, because she wants to watch, um, what was it called? Sponge? Vivo? Splock? Quibi. Uh, Quibi, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. She was actually the only person who might have been in the demo for Quibi. Sponge. Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world. Uh, folks. folks, folks, it's a very special episode here today. I should be wearing a white coat. I don't have a white coat. Uh, it's a very special episode. A tailored here. white coat. A should tailored have scrubbed white up coat. for this. I, I did. I, I was in there. My Everyone's arms are up. We're getting ready to enter surgery. It's, as you know, the podcast that is dedicated to covering the first and last episode of every single television program in existence. I am Ian Benson. Joining me as always... His uterus is inside out. It's Travis Marvin. <laughs> Jesus. That was one of the gnarliest things I've ever seen on a oh my God, network Ian. show. Listen. Listen. It's a gnarly television show. It really is. It's a gnarly. It's a gnarly. I've known gnarly it since I was like five show. years old. I was afraid of ER. <laughs> yeah. I also, we're going to talk like, about. We're going to talk yeah. about moments in a hospital where you where you personally are in a hospital and like something bad is happening. But first we have to drain all of the fluid in Matt Ciani's lungs because he has cancer in addition to having AIDS. <laughs> That's me. And finally, finally, look at him over there slinking into the, the emergency room in a fancy coat with a hangnail. It's Stephen Dowden. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were going to be like mourning his... 72 year old relationship uh, cuddling cuddling with a corpse in a hospital <laughs> Is that, that's what you no. want no I, I don't need to remember in, I, I don't need to remember that I cried about Ernest Borgnine last night <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in any of these episodes but isn't Steven isn't Steven the most likely one of us to have his arm cut off by helicopter blade and then later be killed by a different helicopter falling <laughs> on him <laughs> wait wasn't that wait a second wasn't that Oh. Saying elsewhere, no, no. no. This Saint is Elsewhere another hospital the show with uh, with helicopter crashes because there, they learned yeah. how to make a good hospital show between the time that Saint Elsewhere was made and when this made. It, yeah. If these came out at the same time, don't tell me. I don't want to hear about it. I have no idea when Saint Elsewhere came out. I don't. Saint Elsewhere is like a decade earlier than this. Okay. Uh, we also don't actually get to meet the doctor that that happens to, even though he's on the show forever. He's played by that guy from the X File, where uh, he can regenerate his entire head and stuff oh yeah uh i hate that guy <laughs> oh yeah, yeah men in black a little bit hate that guy the actor's fine obviously but anyways yeah. hate the guy. if you couldn't tell from the way that we're talking this week on our season finale we are here to talk season about season two baby we are here to talk about er 
It was, of course, created by novelist and physician Michael Crichton, who Travis will want to talk about for a while shortly. Uh, it aired from September 19th, 1994 to April 2nd, 2009 for 331 episodes over 15 seasons. And it focused on the inner life of the emergency room of Cook County General Hospital uh, in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, the loop, baby. It's the second r- longest running primetime medical drama. And, of course, because I couldn't pick the first one, that's why I picked ER. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be nice to pick that first one, but it'll never we'll end. We'll knock it off. We have to get every single show that's ever existed. So, I mean, we have to outlast Grey's. We will outlast Grey's Anatomy. That's no, that's no doubt. And we shall we'll, endure! By one, by one week. <laughs> yeah, when Grey's, when Grey's goes, we go. <laughs> we go. No, I kind of think uh, that's it what, be the that's Simpsons. the old saying, right? As Grey's go, as Grey goes, so goes the nation. <laughs> so, my relationship with ER is much like what Matt said earlier. It was the show that my mom would watch that I would catch episodes of, and it was the scariest, gnarliest, <laughs> most upsetting, yeah. visceral fucking shit. Yeah. And I can't believe it played on television on prime time on NBC. It was a legitimate phenomenon because every time I see it, I saw it, it was like fucking just pieces of rebar sticking through the skull of a man who yeah. was still alive. <laughs> Everything yeah. we say about Travis's favorite show that he's never watched an episode of, uh, what is it? Nine one one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> show we definitely need to do sometime. Uh, everything that happens on that show basically also happened on ER, but it was before Twitter. And they just, oh, you didn't see the accidents. You just saw them arriving at the in the emergency room. Kind of brilliant. You save on special effects. 911 would show you the uh, the haunted trombone guy or whatever it is that they, <laughs> that they mention in this one without showing. <laughs> it's weird that Angela Bassett w- has been in both. Yeah. Does this show have the most potential all-stars of anything that we yeah. watched? Oh, Bro. fucking yeah. Bro. When Nassim Perad <laughs> appeared in the just finale, in the, yeah. I went, Pre-SNL. I was, I just was, I just like threw my arms up and was like, there's too many people in this. And then also yeah. the moment she appeared after I went, what I did alone in my apartment at one in the morning on Saturday, go, Nassim Perad. <laughs> <laughs> I had just they we had just seen so many people in a five minute span. I was like, oh them, oh them, and then I was like, yeah. that's funny. That girl looks like Nassim Padrad. And then I was just like looking through credits, and it was yeah, it was unmistakably her. And then I just started saying everyone who appeared in the in the finale like they were being said by Don Pardo, Alexis Bledel, John Stamos, <laughs> Linda, Linda Cardellini. <laughs> okay, sorry, Miguel Borgnine. <laughs> Was was Eric LaSalle? Was Julia Roberts in the first episode? No, knock off. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) No. Somebody really looked like her. We we definitely did say dime store Julia Roberts. Like she, I definitely thought you must be like. There was some really famous '90s actor in that first episode. (laughs) Who was that really (laughs) hot guy? He had dark hair, and you know the charm was undeniable. It's like, how did this person ever like? Is that not why was he lot, Yeah, why was he on TV in the first place? Why was he not immediately a movie star? Can you imagine g- taking your child to the pediatrician? No. And <laughs> and George Clooney comes out. <laughs> that dude has fucked more moms than Tim Riggins. <laughs> if I was a if I was like the father of a child and like I went to the pediatrician with my wife, I would be like, I can bring him next time. Don't worry about it. You yeah. stay. And home. he's not even the guy that's in the getting hit on by a young girl scene. It was <laughs> no, the other Anthony doctor. Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because yeah. they were like, we 
We can't put Clooney anymore on this. It's too People on are the going nose. to lose their I don't really know. Gotta yeah, talk about like, Anthony Edwards' long, strong fingers from that girl who. <laughs> that was part like, of his if, draft profile, right? Yeah, I was saying, if it was now, that girl would want to fuck Kawhi Leonard so bad. <laughs> <laughs> what? That scene it was. That scene kind of came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> every scene. There were a lot of photo vignette. <laughs> yeah. It's all it's like interwoven a, vignettes. It's like Mr. Show, but, but saying elsewhere. Miguel Ferrer has like a three minute short in the middle of this movie. God, in the middle of this episode. So, he, of I, when one. I say the king, I think he might be my like ultimate king. I fucking love that guy. He's so good. It was weird though that George Clooney and his cousin were both in this first episode. Who's his cousin? Miguel Ferrer. Who did Ferrer play? I didn't. He's the him. guy who's dying of cancer. Yeah. Who's the one who's like, just tell me, doc. And then yeah. she's like, oh, okay. six months. Yeah, and yeah. then he's like, "I'm gonna go to Nassau or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. you know, on Long Island, I want to <laughs> fuck you. That's what he was talking about, right? <laughs> yes, I believe you want to go to Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, you want to take his wife see an <laughs> Islanders game. Uh, yeah, my relationship with the show because we we're gonna yeah. go around right. Uh, mine is similar to Ian's. My parents were very into the show. In they were not 15 season viewers, but they were late 90s, early 2000s every week viewers for sure. Yeah. And it was like, I think it was right around my bedtime at that time. So I did not ever watch it with them, but also every description was horrifying. I was very gore averse. Um, and I like the helicopter thing. Like part of why I bring it up is cause it's funny and it's a famous part of the show. But also like, I remember my parents talking about it the next day, just being like, Oh, this doc, this dude's arm got <laughs> cut off by a helicopter blade <laughs> on the show last night. <laughs> It sounded nasty. I was like, uh, I want nothing to do with this show. <laughs> and I only learned as an adult that George Clooney had been on it and stuff. Yeah. 35 unforgettable ER moments. Let's see what various horrible things. Uh, Steven, talk about your relationship. Uh, sure. With- uh, my relationship with ER is that I never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Were you aware of it as it was on, I guess? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I knew it existed. It, it was. It's one of those shows where, like, because of the ads, you know, wh- I watch TV. I also think that at some point I got scared away from this, but I really think that was, like, a 10 minutes of one episode one time. And, like, it was It was very funny because the, the, the theme song is clearly just, like, in the back of my brain. The theme song did not register to me at all. Like, yeah, I, I, I was had no barely there. That. Really? Oh yeah, no. I I definitely had the same sort of like. Oh shit! It's the theme. It's the ER theme. It's the ER theme. How about this? What if instead of talking to you guys about my experiences with the TV show ER, I talk to you guys about my experiences in the ER? Hey, you know, I was (laughs) the ambulance comes in. It's like this dude just got crossed up on an Irish basketball court (laughs) again. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Oh, this motherfucker! Look, all I'm saying is put him in the when. When you're watching the NBA and fucking Anthony Davis or whoever goes up for a dunk, a five-year-old kid does not run out underneath his feet. And then Anthony (laughs) Davis has to move his legs very quickly to not jump on the kid's fucking head. All right. I really like the idea that in this game where this happened to you, you were going to like throw down like a massive dunk. Yeah, that's what I do when I play a dunk. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way that I score is by dunking. So yeah, so there's there's break leg one, break leg two, break finger, break arm, uh, blue balls slash testicular <laughs> torsion. Um, 
uh, can't eat. I don't have many ER experiences, but I do have an experience that felt very out of the television program, ER. It was during the period of my life when I had cancer, and I was going to have surgery for part of that, and they were wheeling me in my bed. It was a, a very affable uh, uh, if you're going to talk about the Peter Laurie guy, it's I'm not talking about the Peter Laurie guy. Okay, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. That has that is not. There is no moment I can think of an ER where Peter Laurie appeared, <laughs> where any of the doctors just sound. All I know. Really fucked up. Here's what I know is happening. They are wheeling me in to go to surgery, and the guy wheeling me is like, looks at what is happening up ahead, and just says, "Don't look in that doorway." Just don't look in that doorway <laughs> as I oh. am being wheeled in. And it is just knowing that what is happening 10, 15 feet away from me as I'm about, I'm headed towards this thing. We're mass- quickly approaching, you know, five feet away. And then 10 feet from there, somebody is, who Somebody's knows? arm got cut off by a helicopter yeah. blade. And I don't know how he knew, but something was happening in there. And I was hearing lots of things that sounded like the television program. ER. He was the kid who got shot by the Uzi or whatever in this pilot. They're just like a lot of screaming and need some muscle in there. It was just just that moment where I was just like, it burned my mind of just the guy like being very kind, laughing around all these things, and then suddenly just going, do not look in that doorway. (laughs) It was like, it's the type of thing where like... horrors await you. (laughs) You hear that? It's the moment where I do feel like, you know, I wouldn't press the button or all those other things. That would shock me because somebody told me not to do that with such authority and command. Yeah. He used the voice on me and I just stared straight forward. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, w- I w- also wouldn't have. Like, in that moment, I've been like, oh, should I look? And then I would have been like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, nope. yeah. Like, I I have never once let curiosity get the best of me. <laughs> serves me well. I'm looking for a list of gnarly things to happen on ER, and I did just see the gif of the guy's arm getting chopped off by the helicopter. <laughs> I guess. Sorry, that, that was my. I imagine that he was uh, that he was waving like John Hamm's Thirty Rock. Character okay. And- uh, a cocky surgeon. What happens is Doctor Romano, a cocky surgeon, gets his arm cut off by oh, a helicopter, wow. and then later in the program is killed because a helicopter falls Seasons on him. Seasons later. Yeah, he develops Separate, like a phobia of helicopters, he, I believe. Did he, and like, then, <laughs> did he like piss on a helicopter graveyard or like what <laughs> happened? I, you know, I, I don't, I don't have the answer. It's like a crisis on the helipad where like it, it, with like bad weather, maybe at some point he's like, he gets injured, like saving someone, I think in that when he gets his arm cut off. And then I was oh, reading, when, um, it, when it falls on him, it's like he saw a helicopter like flying poorly or whatever in bad weather. And he was like, I'm going to not be up here. And he left the building and then it fell out of the sky and lands on him or something like that. Like they basically dropped a piano on this man who was like one of the show's longest running characters. <laughs> uh, there's another episode where um, Shane West, who I believe is the boy from A Walk to Remember, maybe he... Uh, is at a house party that looks very much like the types of apartments that I've been to in many a house party, uh, perhaps where friend of the show once lived with that balcony, sort of that classic Chicago backyard, you know, uh, like classic, balcony yeah. space. There's also the stairs. Yeah. Uh, and they just, all of them collapse. It's just the top one collapses and then the middle one collapses and then the bottom oh, one collapses. Those, I hate this. Balcony. <laughs> yeah. Things. Just, Not so good. it's just, 
it's just three stories of people falling and dying. So sick new fear oh just God. dropped for me. <laughs> I just saw the arm shot. Oh they're not just shit. like, I'll be cushioned by everyone else. Uh, this show's great. Uh, Steven, I'm so Ooh. sorry that we cut you off. That's okay. I don't know if this, th- this story's worth telling anymore. Do you know? Like, it's one of those where you're like, gosh, oh man, it's been a minute. Uh, plus, I don't know, maybe I've told all of you this, this story, but sure, I haven't told the podcast. Um, I, I went in f- to a hospital uh, for what I thought was testicular torsion because the internet is a mean place that you put in your symptoms and it's like... Which it's one of your friends torsion. told you that you had that? The internet. Okay. That is his friend. The internet is my friend. No, it was it was just so painful for so long and they were like, you're going to lose a testicle if you don't go to the hospital. Um, and I was probably like 21 or something. It was so painful. And I went to the, I went to the hospital and they brought me in and I just remember once I actually got to the back, I remember they, they, they took off my pants and they like arrested, (laughs) they arrested my penis against my lower stomach and then they covered it in like a big wet towel. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck are they doing with that? <laughs> like, I just, it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, why are they, why did they do that? And then, and then this person, it was a, it was a woman. She took this like gooey ultrasound gel and just started rubbing it on my balls so that they could, you know, do an ultrasound on my balls to see if things were in the right spot. Right. But that felt kind of nice. And then I was like, oh, that's why they put a towel on my penis <laughs> so that the nurse wouldn't have to deal with any sort of movement <laughs> in that way. Steven, I don't know if this story is worth telling. Steven, very funny story. <laughs> <laughs> he told that story at my at my birthday once and uh, Oh boy. Like there were there were many conversations happening, but the room went dead silent as he's just like, so it turns out I had medical blue balls. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like that was what happened after days and days and days of uh, of, of some unfortunate things. Um, days? You tried? Yeah. He well, he was he was you see, he was in an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's your relationship with the ER? <laughs> Uh, it scared the shit out of me as a kid, and I wanted to watch it for that exact reason. And it was really gory and fucked up. Eventually, my parents let me watch it, and then I got really into extremely gory horror movies. Like shortly after that, and it's hard to say why. Probably no reason. Well, that's uh, that's uh, that's all that we're here to do, right? Uh, we've covered it, and we're good to go. And now we can just get spend really the rest of the day. Let's throw into that's absolute the rest of the day. It's fucking midnight, my guy. Well, no, I was going to say, no, we can just, you know, spend the, the rest of the episode talking about, you know, um, one character having four nipples or <laughs> a chimp uh, being that smuggled That doesn't seem like an ER. emergency. <laughs> I'm just reading no, the things that are here, okay? You got to check this chick uh, out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shane West getting his legs amputated. By what uh, type of vehicle? He, um, uh, after a wedding of two of the characters, drunkenly walks into the street and hits a, is hit by a car. Uh. You know, just uh, uh, there's an episode where a tank, uh, yeah, a disgruntled ear patient retaliates by driving a military tank straight at <laughs> the the hospital. So wow, you know. how do you get a tank through Chicago traffic? Hey, folks! Oh, Linda Cardellini killed somebody. <laughs> you know, she killed she her ex-husband. Prob- okay, I was gonna say she was probably right, and I'm like 
yeah, she almost assuredly was. Hmm. Okay. Let me just check something on my notes here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me just, let's see. Where is this in the notes? Where is this in the notes? Uh, anti-car, but absolutely give Linda Cardellini a vintage Mustang, parentheses, so she can run Travis over. Just going to put a big check mark next <laughs> to that. <laughs> What did you guys? What did it take anybody else out of this show that they they were at Crook County Medical and they were talking about how it was weird that it was snowing in March? Yes, yeah. I had a note it that was it was like snow on March seventeenth is very normal in Chicago. <laughs> guys, it was March. It, it, it was it was March of ninety four. It was a different time. We'll never know what that world was like. <laughs> fair, fair enough. They were like it spring. It's here, the but they're also universe. it's like a running bit in, in that Tommy episode. Westfall universe. But, like 20 minutes later, he's like, now it's raining. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's no, that's like they're not going outside. It's the Midwest. That's what happens. It's the Midwest. And also Chicago's the only place that has crazy weather like that. And also there's a woman who's dating a guy who was a big 10 tackle. A big 10. That's true. And somehow he's and if, one of the people that was on the show the whole time. And if big stats, etc. cetera. Uh, Travis, have you ever actually read a Michael Crichton novel? I have read Jurassic Park and the Lost World. What do you th- what is this, is he like a good writer? Uh, no. I like those. My I understanding mean, I, is no. Yeah, it's more a, a he's a good storyteller, but not necessarily a master of uh, memorable prose structure or anything yeah. like that. He's very clinical. Um, that's mm. his whole thing. Is he's Mister Too Damn Science Doctor Too Damn uh, Science, and like also that like humans are too stupid to like deal with the consequences of what they've wrought with technology. Like mm. the dude also like he also wrote Westworld, uh, the film, which became a show that we will are will be eligible to discuss uh now very soon. Um now, anytime. It's over. Did it end end? I thought it was Yeah, they ended going. they they're paying everyone for season five, but not making season five. But I thought season wow. four was actively still airing. No. Is it over over? Okay. Yes. Wow. Well, I watched three episodes of it, as I've okay. done with every season of Westworld. <laughs> Where you're like, eh, maybe this time they'll get it right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm digging this. And did that, and he did the Andromeda Strain, and uh, yeah. he's done a bunch the of shit. The Terminal Man, The Great very... Train Robbery, Congo, Sphere, Jurassic Park, Rising Sun, Disclosure, The Lost World, Airframe, Timeline, Prey, State of Fear, Next. Timeline are all things that I believe have been adapted in some ways or something like that. He directed Coma, the first great train robbery, Looker, and Runaway, created ER, and of course, yes, the Jurassic uh, Park franchise. Right, and he went to med school, which is why he came up with ER, was he did spend time in actual emergency rooms, and it's based on his experience there. The dude had a very interesting life. Uh, yeah, and uh, such an interesting life for a man of science to also be like, global warming's not real. Yeah, oh, really? he's a weird crank and an asshole. Like, he's just... Oh. He's an idiosyncratic figure, I think, in literary, uh, literary, you know, pop literature. Yeah. He, yeah, I, I can't think of anyone who's like, you know, what book's really great? Yeah, no. This Michael Crichton. Absolutely, novel, but yeah. it was, no. Wait, one of Michael Crichton's pen names was Michael Douglas. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> Don't just take a famous person's name. <laughs> what are you there. doing? <laughs> yeah, my, my pen name when I write novels is uh, Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> my, <laughs> my pen name is... Weirdly, mine's J.K. Well, Rowling. I, yeah, my pen name is Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> King. Have you read any Stephen King novels lately? See, that uh, sounds weird. 
I mean, listen, silly. you could probably write a novel and convince King that he wrote it when he was coked out of his goddamn yeah, brain. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, man. I wrote a lot of fucking books. <laughs> which is a, That's the which best the fucking way to be. God, that's such a cool <laughs> way to, to exist as an artist. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, like... What are you talking about? I yeah, probably probably did that at some I point. I was I was drinking Listerine at that time, man. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Isn't there something like he becomes a father? He's just drinking Listerine the whole time. He writes Pet Cemetery. Everyone's like, this is the saddest thing. Anyone? What is wrong with you? This kid almost got hit by a car. You're at Pet Cemetery. His wife is like, this is the most terrifying <laughs> you've ever was. done. <laughs> that was what it was. The the one that I know he's on record as saying he does not remember writing. A oh, it's a station to station. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Stephen King was just having the red pepper and milk diet and <laughs> wrote about it. Honestly, honestly. Wrote about I a St. Like Bernard terrorizing someone in their driveway. We have I feel like Stephen has tried. We that. have what, the red pepper and milk diet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds like me. Uh, maybe like red pepper flakes and milk. Getting weirdly into oh. Nazi imagery. And <laughs> Jesus. Are you, just, are you just simmering the milk with red pepper oh. <laughs> seasoning? Yeah. That way, that way I get all the spice and all of the relief from the spice. A Chris, the Christmas sip, whiskey you know? dish. Just spicy glass of milk. <laughs> Your angel or your devil, <laughs> just as you sip it. I hate cool. that so I've much. Added, I've added vodka, so it's a spicy white Russian. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, here's here's red pepper infused vodka and whole milk. It's been simmering for, <laughs> for an hour and a half. Yeah, it's already oh, treat. God. <laughs> Matt's gonna hand me one of those when I'm in town in three <laughs> weeks, and I'm gonna. Be I'll so just be mad. like, you know, when I was in Dublin, I met someone from Estonia who who showed me one of their favorite things to drink. <laughs> it was the, the bleakest thing you could imagine <laughs> <laughs> from a fucking Baltic state. <laughs> there are th we have three hours of plot, guys. Yeah, three hours of various vignettes happening. Yes, uh, it's also created by John Wells, who does shit a lot of shows. Uh, some which we've covered, I think. Can you believe that Michael Crichton uh, just like wrote this script in 1974 and then was just like, oh, yeah, okay, I got to cut some stuff. Other than that, we're good. There we go. Yeah, like this pilot was going to just be like a movie movie, I think. And then um, like, this would TV. suck as a film, but it's incredible as television. I feel crazy that I'm the only one who didn't like this show. You are crazy. This rock. Yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> what did you? Were, this is pretty yeah. good. I can't imagine watching a shitload of it because procedurals don't. If if streaming services didn't me, exist and I w and this was still airing, I would absolutely become a weekly watcher of this show. That you can still do that. I can watch you an can episode just treat a week. It. You can watch an episode of fucking fifteen years. <laughs> That's how. Yeah. That's, well, you I, don't have I, to take this full season breaks. You know. You yeah. Can just keep it going. It would only take you like six years to get through. Yeah, six years. That's nothing. <laughs> I had a moment when I was talking about watching a show with somebody, and I said that I was treating it, a streaming show, like it was airing weekly. And they stared at me, and I was like, they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, for me, that show comes out. Uh, that show from years ago that it's released, you know, that all of the seasons are available for. Uh, for me, that's uh, that show airs uh, uh, Wednesdays at 11 o'clock. <laughs> I yeah, that's home. amazing. From you D &D. have commercial breaks built in. <laughs> You're like, oh, I gotta get when there's a clear act break. You pause, get up to pee. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I gotta great. know. 
I gotta know, Ian. I gotta know what show this is. I have to. Oh, oh, what show I was doing this with? I was talking about it with Travis. That's how I was watching the Americans when I was when I oh. went through two of the seasons. On were you doing Saul that way too? I am actively watching Saul that yeah. way now. Yes, that's you're right. great. Yeah. I love um, that. That's, that's nice. I should be I doing like that. I know. I like it. I'm a fan too. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, yeah. Saul is Saul going to the cinema. Yeah, Saul airs when I get home from D and D, and I'm watching one episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. Other things. Uh, Andor is the I just got home from the cinema thing. You've got to oh, you've got to start yeah. playing Andor into it by cool. being like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta get. Home. I'm gonna miss the opening yeah. of Saul. And you, yeah, yeah. 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 started <laughs> two minutes late as part of your immersion. I gotta get home for, for like, yeah. I gotta wait, get home. Ian, for it's Ian. It's how, what are you talking about? I'm just like, no, it's on at eleven. I don't know. <laughs> I can set the DVR this week and everyone just stares at me. <sighs> yeah, this is good. Yeah, it's um, a good bit. I like it. The plot. <laughs> it's also just not a bit. It's how I, <laughs> I watch a television Well, program. it becomes a, it becomes a bit if you're like, I got to get home in time for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not explain it to anybody. You start talking <laughs> about it at the office on Mondays and being like, Chris, you saw last night? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that was five years ago. <laughs> Change what change what it is like every month. Like, did you guys see the new Lost? <laughs> so we're like, did they bring that show back? You guys hear about like, this Miami Vice? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, how about that Munsters from last night? <laughs> Twenty-four hours, the debut episode. Literally same premise as the debut of Saint Elsewhere. They're like, here is a full day at this hospital. Yeah, and uh, you will follow and meet many the many characters who well. The premise is different in that St. Elsewhere's like whole pitch was like it's 24 hours in a hospital, but as boring as we could possibly portray it. Right. And being this was a lot of waiting. What if it was on TV? Yeah. And, and to be fair, in a fucking emergency room, like it is right. more intense. Um, I was seeing. Do you have the plot pulled up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a full thing. It's just the thing where it was. Uh, it was directed by Rod Holcomb. Holcomb. Uh, of course, Travis will now say father of Kelly Holcomb, probably. <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking about that at all. <laughs> okay. Um, we got to be naming I, people I was, Rod again. It's a sick name. We we do need to be doing that. It's just the thing where he's only worked in television, uh, basically, which I'm just like, let the guy let the guy get a chance. Yeah, let what, the man what's cook. What's your life like if you're a TV director full time? What do they make? Uh, you know, money they, if you're... They I mean, probably freelance do all right. stuff, right? right. He, he directed both the 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 first episode and the last episode, but he only directed six episodes. Look at this man! Did he write or anything, or is he just, they're just like let's bring no, Rod back just, and we'll make it? He directed. Like, are... uh, let's see, which episodes of Lost did he direct? Hearts and Minds and Jughead. None of those step immediately stand <laughs> out to me. Uh, Rod did, like, it's just, he's he's weird. He's a weirdo. Yeah, he's just so much. So much television is just here, and it's all like just a couple episodes, three episodes of this, two episodes of that, you know. But he uh, knocked it out of the park on this first episode of ER. I agree. Uh, oh, what episode? Of, what episode of Justified did he do? Uh, I, episode six of the first season. Yeah, it's okay. Anyways, um, we are of course introduced to the main character. That's I mean the main, the most main of the yeah. characters, uh, Doctor Mark Green, who. You know, uh, it's the one who will carry us through. Played, of course, by Anthony Edwards. Uh, uh, I distinctly remember the episode when I was younger and catching the, the episode where he dies. Like my mom watching it, and I knew a little bit about the character. So he gets like, cancer, right? That's his death. 
he gets brain cancer and they remove the tumor and they think he's going to be okay. And then he passes out and it reveals that the tumor is now like grown back and also like merged with his brain or something like that. Your brain is just one solid tumor. It's something where it's like, we can't remove the tumor because if we remove the tumor, you will become a vegetable, a vegetable, Shit. a vegetable. Uh, so then he's just like, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm just going to live my Guess life. I'll he's, die. Yeah. Well, and then so he like moves to Hawaii and like takes up surfing and like, so the Classic. thing is, is that Rachel, uh, she like gets into drugs and then she has uh, a half sister because Green gets with Alex Kingston, uh, the, the British woman in the finale. And then the like the baby accidentally character? eats like the LSD or something she has. So then the baby almost dies. So then like wow. Dr. Green and Rachel move to Hawaii to like get right before he dies or something like that. I don't know. Wild show. Can't wait. Great. You Brilliant. Know, it's going to be for me. It's going to be playing Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. <laughs> oh. Something like that. What a, what a time. I'm that. just going to have like a waffle and some coffee. <laughs> just watch and just, people be just carved into. <laughs> <laughs> and just be like, oh, boy. Jeez. Uh, you know what, can we push lunch back? I'm really hungry today. Yeah. Anyways, um, he's, uh, uh, he's the chief resident of the ER, and he is asleep in the exam room. Uh, but he is woken up because uh, we get a scene that is basically the opening of Old Boy, only it's George Clooney being the drunken buffoon. Yes. <laughs> Flexing uh, his muscle, you know, showcasing his future as a handsome idiot uh, that he perfected in several Coen Brothers movies. It is 1994. He is 33 years old at this point. People did age differently. He looks yes. great. Don't get me wrong. Well, he's always but, looked 45. Yeah, he does he not look does. like somebody who is our age, roughly speaking. Well, I mean, and also it's just like it feels really wrong to see George Clooney with not gray hair. Right. But it's there on the it's, it's such a little an bit essential there. part of like who George Clooney is. It's like if you see like really old Steve Martin, too, where it's just like, no, you're the Silver Fox guy and always have been. You were born with but that, also, right? No. You see them both when they're young and you're still just like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, but it's just like it's not the same, you know. It's also like the thing where like the hair's you know the hair's a little long. I know? think the voice is key to George Clooney. Also, oh yeah, I think people don't talk about that enough. I think that's no, a huge part of you're the just Clooney. in the wrong parts of the internet. <laughs> yeah, you're not there talking about the. <laughs> I, I'm not there with all the moms that are. <laughs> yeah, still talking, talking about, about what is it? Is he? Is he do the Nespresso ads? Wasn't he like the voice of Budweiser for a little while? Wow, King of Beers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm talking about Clooney all the time. Every time he's in something. Have you seen Ticket to Paradise yet? Have you booked your tickets? I have not. I do not have two tickets to Paradise. You do not have your ticket. You and Jill got to get your tickets to Paradise, and you got to get yourself the cheapest, sweetest wine that you like, and just have a lovely trip to Paradise. Yeah, I I, I do you know? this tonight. So yeah, he uh, uh, Doctor Ross is just fucking trashed. It's five in the morning. It's he has to be. He has to work. Like he's going to, it's him coming into work. Uh, yeah, and he is also he's a pediatric specialist. Uh, yeah, also, and he's like, just give me an IV and some aspirin, and I will be good to go in a little bit. Let's <laughs> yeah, like rock this and a man roll. Who has showed up to drunk work drunk before? Yeah, we'll do it again. And everyone's like, it's <laughs> you, it's, dirty you, dog. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, it's also he's only the it's only the second worst way that someone arrives at their workplace in this episode. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. I worded it in that very specific <laughs> way for a reason. 
Yeah. <laughs> I did not say I that she was people, coming to work. People will be showing up to work. Haven't been. <laughs> In various no. states of intoxication, yeah. we shall yeah. say. Uh, uh, why are we acting like... Yeah. Ooh, sp- spoilers. He comes on screen yeah, to find and out. He comes on screen, and I imagine in 1994, you're like, wow... That's the hottest man I've ever seen. Why is he on a TV show and not in films? And then five years later, he was like, why am I not? Why am I on a TV show? I have movies to do. I'm the most handsome man alive. Well, you have to remember, though, there is a moment. There's a moment there. You know, yeah, yeah, he's on ER for uh, 94 to 99. And you're just like, okay, let's go. And then he's like, let's, let's do these movies. And it's from dusk till dawn. And you're like, okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. And then it's one fine day. And you're like, uh, sure. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, romantic comedy drama thing. Sure. The peacemaker. Yeah. You know, you all try your hands at action. And then, then it almost goes absolutely catastrophic in 1997. What does he do? He puts on Robin. Yeah, he puts on the big rubber nipples (laughs) and it almost goes (laughs) absolutely catastrophic. You know, the the joke to this day is that if you present Clooney with the ticket from it, he will pay you back. It is insane that that happened while he was in the middle of his ER run. Like, I've never really thought about that. That's why why his ER run goes until 99, Travis, (laughs) because he's like, I'm ready to jump ship. I'm Batman. No, mama's calling me home. (laughs) I got to be on the show a little bit longer. And then he does Out of Sight and Three Kings, and he's like, goodbye. Wow. And then he does Ocean's Eleven two Ocean's years after and, leaving. Yeah, and it's far gone. He's A-list, one of the biggest actors in the world. Yeah, huge box office draw. Wait, Ocean, yeah. Ocean's Eleven was that, like, oh, one, quick right? into the yeah. into the Clooney-sance? Yeah, uh, but also, Travis, I would, I would hesitate. George Clooney is a weird case where it's like everyone loves him. He's adored. He's not in that many like big. He movies. does he does yeah. mid budget movies for grown ups a lot. Which, yeah, yeah, that, that that's a great way to make him like you. Is like the one people always point to being like they don't make this kind of movie enough anymore. You know, yeah. Well, that's and the thing that's hilarious about it is that's what everyone that is saying about the television program Andor, where they're like, "Can you believe they made this television program? It's just like Michael Clayton, but it's in space, and also <laughs> it's like Heat. How'd they fit this into Star Wars? What the fuck, man?" <laughs> Which is absolutely what it all is. I've um, I've now watched three episodes, and it's crazy how much I would believe you if you told me that was not had nothing to do with Star Wars at all. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking wild. Anyways, um, the way this uh, recap, by the way, is written up is mostly just like, boom. It's here's a mini beat, plot beat. thing. Yeah, that makes full. sense. Yeah, so it it's not jumping around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you That's know, you fine. get the we got the building collapse in the loop, where we then get uh, Green telling the guy about his father's death. Uh, that guy and, was uh, a Chicago guy. <laughs> Man, that, that most- dude ate a wet hot beef in the car <laughs> on the way there. And then he got a second one because his dad had died and he needed to <laughs> honor him properly. <laughs> he gets home to his wife. He's had 5,000 calories of wet beef only that day. <laughs> Dad's fucking dead. He made it to forty. He made it to forty-eight before having his first heart attack. He's the youngest man of the or the oldest man in the family uh, of all time. <laughs> yeah, as he like grabs the doctor, just like fucking throws him against the wall. And he's like, "You people!" And then he cries and starts hugging him. And uh, uh, Chicago, so many, like kind of little comedic beats were in this. It's a fun show. Yeah. Um, one thing. One thing that took me out of that scene is uh, the guy reacted when he heard his dad had had a heart attack. Would that be that guy's first heart attack? <laughs> a Chicago well, man 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This right. Swarovski super fans ass guy. Like, yeah. I'm sure every man in your family has a heart attack every year. <laughs> yeah, this, this whole family of people. Like, oh, your like, father's oh. had a heart attack. Ah, that's it? Where is he? <laughs> uh, every male in that family, there is at least always one in the hospital. Yes. Either just had the heart attack, recovering from the heart attack, actively having a heart attack, <laughs> just constantly. Whole family. Beautiful city. Beautiful. We also are introduced to uh, one of the you know other long-running characters throughout the, the history of the program, John Carter. Yes. Apparently. I cannot believe he has named John Carter. Apparently. But- Apparently, Michael Crichton really wasn't original and creative with names. They li- they literally just had had to have people have famous names. Yeah, Noah Weil, uh, he's on watch uh, for when we inevitably do Falling Skies. What about uh, the libra- the librarian television program? Or the librarians, yeah. <laughs> he rocks in the sense, like, there are a few people that really... Eric LaSalle might be the best example of this, of people on this show. Who were like, no, I was on ER. And it's like, what else did you do? And he's like, Eric LaSalle's directed things. But he's mostly like, no, I was on ER and I made a bunch of money being on ER. And now I don't do anything because I was on ER. (laughs) That's all all I needed out of any of this. Like when I was younger, I used to think like, oh, man, it's weird that there are those guys who just don't work after being on shows like that. And now I'm like, God, could you imagine? I went to Juilliard and then I was on ER and that's it. Yeah, that is (laughs) as a career. As a friend said in a group DM with Travis and I, the ideal career path is John Carpenter. I haven't done anything in years, and sometimes people show up and give me money, and then I use that on V-Bucks and weed. <laughs> but the second best is Ellen Pompeo. <laughs> and you're just like, give me those checks. Yeah, but that one still seems still seems a little stressful. Um Okay, so we're introduced to, to Dr. Carter, and he's in he's in med school on third-year rotations, that, something like that. Yeah, know, the med school structure is very confusing to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it says surgical student, so surgical he, is, student. he is a student of some sorts. Yeah, third year is said a couple times, I think. Yeah, and he's yeah. never... Yeah, him and the girl who really makes sure George Clooney doesn't flirt with her. Good yeah. for her. He's, he's never done any sort of trauma stuff. He's done, like, dermatology. Yeah, like... Um, psychology or something like that yeah where they were like oh the safe boring ones or whatever and yeah eric lasalle um uh, who is uh, peter benton yeah. is uh, just so annoyed with him uh in all of these ways and it's like and i'm gonna show you what like to be a real doctor and he's talking about how they but he was like we work 90 hours a week for twenty three thousand dollars a year and i'm like i feel like er surgeons made more than that even i think so 30 years ago i think so i think yeah I think at a at certain point, but I, well, I this think at a certain point. This was written in 1974, point, though. Well, also, That's but true. I think I think at a certain point they do, but I think. Yeah, for a while the, they just haze you. Like, I think William H. Macy. Yes. By the way. King. What a yeah, delight. What a, yeah. What a, yeah. Just no idea he was ever in. on this. <laughs> what a delight. He just popped. He just popped When he's in. standing there wearing a tuxedo, I was, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's like, ah, you're in charge. You got to be, you got to calm everybody down. I'm William H. Macy, and you will be calm, sir. I don't think I've ever been calmed down by William H. Macy. I don't know (laughs) if that's really the vibe he brings to a lot of his roles. You see William H. Macy, and you're watching him shout, my wife's got her dick in some guy's ass in Boogie Nights, and you're like, oh, what a sense of calm. (laughs) 
that party scene he really just you know he brings everything down to it to his tempo he's very calm in you know Fargo (laughs) (laughs) is the calmest William H. Macy screen presence mystery men (laughs) maybe where he is just a reassuring figure who I dig that's what I do what a movie that's almost amazing like like, it's, it's almost so good. It's and almost I, like some comedy it's, nerd. It feels somehow, like that feels like a Stephen Doughton four point five on Letterboxd. No, no, it's, no. Actually, it's not. It's, it's really like not, a three. Not to but me. It, if it made yeah. a few tweaks, it's it like a four point five. Is what yeah. I feel. There's a character name. What is it? What is it? Casanova Frankenstein. Isn't that what Jeffrey <laughs> Wright's character is named? Something like that. Uh anyways. Um, I think we should note the appearance of what I think are quite good walk and talks in this show they are good snappy i don't normally like a walk and talk i've i've really come to be put off I, by it most of the time i think they were, but they but were quick like. it's pre-west wing and i this, think the other just thing great camera work in this too like yes. there's like the cameras just zoom in like when the uh surgeon is like walking the student around like the camera is taking the role of the student and like accidentally kind of walking too far and then having to double back and it's just like uh i don't know it, it, like it's very effective uh, in the finale when there is the umbrella shot where it's them walking outside to greet uh, a, a batch of uh like you know people about to arrive in the er and they're all carrying different umbrellas and it's just shot from above and you see a bunch of umbrellas and then like in queue they're all like pulled away i was like that is actually like breathtakingly staged uh, that is just genius I can't way they did this on this tv procedural uh, yeah. no it rocks um but um i think one of the great benefits good of er is that since it's set you know predominantly in the er the walk and talks help create a sense of the space especially yeah. when they like a start or end at the nurse's station mm-hmm. they're at the center where you're always kind of then able to sort of orient yourself and you get to see the one big guy played by um uh the abraham ben ruby and every time i saw that guy i was like hell yeah love this dude it's <laughs> great fair. guys just, just tremendous guys throughout this show. And the walk and yeah. talk I'm is a perfect come. method to go check on all the guys at once. <laughs> it is. You get to walk past oh. all the guys. You get to walk past them. You get to, yeah, you say something to one of them. They got like a donut in their mouth. You're just amped uh, yeah. to see. I'm just going to say I like all the walk and talks. Yeah. I've always been a fan of them. I think they're good. And I don't think that we need to qualify. How do you feel that. about having a young boy with a stomach ulcer, though? Because I like that that's a- what happens is you there's the one kid who's throwing up blood. And then they're just like, what, what is it? The PVR? Is that what they called him? No, that was in the finale with the guy that they abbreviated no, as the no, projectile no. I'm vomiter. I'm sure that's what they called him. I mean, this is a series that I believe had a lot of projectile vomiters. Yeah. So but I can okay. remember. I remember the f- the last episode is the one where it happens because then later the guy's covered so in puke. So much fucking ER today, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, and the, both episodes are so similar that it's. But yeah, because yeah, there's yeah, a guy absolutely. covered in puke, and then Alexis Bledel is like, "What is that smell?" While in the first episode, there's the kid who's throwing up blood. Uh, and, uh, and you know what? In the final episode, there's a guy who has a stomach ulcer. And they're like, and he's the one who's like, I have cancer. I have cancer. There's only so many things like that a, can be wrong with people. 
Steven? Yeah, like, it makes Steven? sense yeah. that they got Steven? into chopping people up with helicopters. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the guy who's like, oh, I have an ulcer. Oh, just tell me I have cancer. That was in the first episode because Dr. Green was the one who was like, you don't. Yep. Jesus Christ. I don't fucking yep. know anything. Because, okay, but in the last episode, is there the guy who's like, tell me I have cancer. Tell me I have cancer. And he like makes her like. Nope, that's the first episode. That's the first one. That's also the first episode. I don't know anything. Yeah, that's and Miguel Steven, Ferrer. that guy's played by Miguel Ferrer who was in. I know Twi- who he is. He's okay. Albert. Yeah. Well, since you couldn't remember what it was, <laughs> that's why yeah. I was like, "We love Albert. He's we, like the best character in any TV show." And RoboCop. It's amazing how your brain. Yeah, works. I say he's in RoboCop. I don't. I'm not sure which Albert we're talking about, but uh, it's uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, okay. But yeah, no, no. This is the young boy whose uh, mother badgers him so much that he's an eight-year-old with an ulcer, which is the single. <laughs> Did that feel anti-Semitic, Travis? It felt like that. That could no, be. It's, no, <laughs> didn't think about that at all. Mm. Um, <laughs> as a as a be ulcered person. Yeah. And then we've got Ross flirting with uh, Carol. And just remembering their past relationship, you know. That's the Juliana Margulies yes. character, Yes, right? and they will later get into an actual relationship. One, one of those people where I was like, this 90s haircut does not work on this objectively very attractive person. I, I liked it. Same with, when she, same with when she's on The Sopranos, particularly. I thought she looked great. Arc. I like that they had that conversation like as though they don't see each other all the time. Like they worked together, like and then Nashville. they had this quick conversation, know. and then like the strings swelled, and it was this whole thing. Like you just had that ca- conversation casually at work. What the fuck, bro? I just want to start by saying uh, Julia Margulies will, of course, become an all star when we eventually get around to the Good Wife. Yeah, uh, and have so many things to say about that television program. That'll be a cool normal episode for us, <laughs> considering who it's based on, basically. Um, and then um, I imagine that she was in uh, the, it says here that she was the voice in what I can only imagine was your favorite um, uh, Disney film growing up uh, Travis what's that uh, the 2000 animated film Dinosaur the one Dinosaur was I saw Dinosaur once in theaters and never thought about it again wow if they couldn't court right. you then that movie really was not a well, terrible not a, dinosaur film yeah. also yeah. um her uh, Julianne Margulies has a dad. You, you got the blue name on a parent. And I'm like, oh, what's this? Um, he was a writer, philosopher, philosopher, and advertising uh, creative director. Cursed, the best Try. three who, things yeah. you can be. Who yeah. wrote? Who wrote the jingle for Alka Seltzer? <laughs> and invented the tagline of "I can't believe I ate the whole thing." <laughs> <laughs> Is that why he's a philosopher? <laughs> So they reveal far too late in this episode that it's St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. <laughs> and uh, frankly, if it were St. Patrick's Day in Chicago, we would have known. The earlier part of the episode would have had A, way more vomit. B, way more racism. C, it would have been a lot gnarlier. Everyone Every one of the injuries green. would have been way gnarlier. <laughs> yeah. Like you would yeah. know. St. Patrick's Day in Chicago is an event. Do you guys remember last St. Patrick's Day when the Bears accidentally advocated for like yes. offensive Irish political Yes. Commentary. I don't yes, remember. Yes, on St. Patrick's Day when they were like, the Iri- the, sure, the river so, could be green, yeah. but what if it was orange? And then everyone was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what are you saying here? And then, All time yeah. brand gaff. <laughs> why did the Knicks why did the Knicks tweet out 9-11? Why did the Knicks tweet that out? Why did they do that? That was great. 
Why did they be like, was, was that, that actually the Knicks? Travis, I shared it in the DM. Yeah, you you said they lost to that team. They I thought you were their... just showing the bad uniforms. No, that like. the jersey numbers were 9 and 11. <laughs> I did not notice that at all. <laughs> they were like, check out our City Connected jerseys. 9 11. <laughs> I assume is that RJ Barrett's number and Obi Toppin or something? It's, I don't know. It's nice that culture. And especially New York culture has been able to move on from 9-11 enough that like they can post that. And most people apparently in the pipeline for that getting posted yeah. didn't even notice. They didn't think about it. Good yeah, for it's them. RJ Barrett That's and Jalen Brunson's jerseys. Somebody should have pulled them aside when, uh, when uh, Brunson what, was like, terrorists? I'm going to be 11 and be like, you're uh, one of our premier free agents. And the guy that we just decided to keep over Donovan Mitchell wears nine. You can't wear 11. This is nope. New York City. <laughs> Yeah, but the nine eleven backcourt. Anyways, uh, um, yeah, it is St. Patrick's Day, and uh, uh, there are yeah all sorts of things like that. But there's also just so many fucking other dumb things happening in the ER that day. It's great. Um, I gotta assume we, the building collapse had to do with some dumbass yeah, yeah. St. Patrick's party. party. There's there's a moment where they're just like, hey, there's a pregnant woman in the back of the cab, and they're like, okay, fine, let's go, come on. Like, and as yeah. as our student is like admiring the miracle of life, the surgeon yeah. is like, oh, "Come on, come on, Scott! I don't need you here. He's got to hold the crowning baby in." And then they're just like, "You don't have time. You can fucking ogle this later. We have to go. You have to. We we have to do it." Um, you know. How do you feel about the general like classic hospital thing? that like they really try to highlight here of like shooting the shit about like normal above board like things while all of the bad things happen. Like maybe in the last episode I'm thinking, you know, they do it the whole time. The last episode where, where Rachel Green shows up and they're like strapping that guy who's having a, 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 a like a delusion of grandeur to the bed and and everybody's like, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's so nice to see you. And I like think this show excels at that. D- is that charming or? Yeah, okay. I like it. I think they're very, very good at that that dynamic more than other shows. Though I don't hate that normally. Yeah. I think that's that's fun most of the time. Uh, so Green steps away in the middle of the day because he's going to go. Uh, he has an interview with a private practice firm that is so horny for him. Run by just uh, like, Dr. Addison Montgomery. Yeah, and, and they're just like, hey, it's going to be, um, here's the deal. We just want you. You're apparently you know, the best. Everyone loves you. You're a genius over there. You run the ER wonderfully, even though you're just there sleeping, You know, getting one and a half hours of sleep. What if you came and worked for us? You do calls and weekends, and you make uh, adjusted for inflation today two hundred thousand dollars. And he's just like, I don't know. It's just not, you know, the ER is in me. And I just was like sitting there, just like thinking what I would do with two hundred thousand dollars. You've got to love the adrenaline and shit. Like, yeah. I'm sure it does take like a different kind of mind, even for yeah, already being a doctor. Fucking freaks. I do this kind of thing. The number of times we're watching this, where I was like, why would anyone be a doctor? God bless them all. Why would yeah. anyone be a doctor? And then I would think that about a nurse and I'd be like, they're great. And then I would remember what the year 2020 revealed to me about nurses. <laughs> and I would be like, boy, I'm really glad ER ended before COVID could uh, 50% chance. Amazing person. 50% chance. Horrifying nightmare. Yeah. We talked about the, the, uh, Albert. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. Parker being like, you know, the, the x-ray and quickly going like, just tell me what it is. It And then it's just, Oh, you have Should cancer. We, I don't know. Six months to live. I'm just looking at the, the uh, thing. Yeah, I'm that's just it. spitballing here. Can my I brother. ask you? 
I don't know. Yeah. Can I ask you, how many times did you have to demand that they diagnose you with cancer? Like, did they try not to, like, four, five, six times? Yeah, before they ever did a biopsy or anything. You're just like, do I have it? How long do I have left to live? Real answer. Real answer. What happened was I went to see an ear, nose, throat specialist who was a gruff old man who put his hand to feel where the tumor was and went, mm, this isn't good. Mm, nope, this isn't good. I don't like this. And then talked to me about getting a liberal arts degree, which he finds to be found to be a wonderful pursuit and uh, create as a more well-rounded person. While internally, I was having the worst panic attack of my life, (laughs) (laughs) but held it together long enough to go home, read up and determine that I either had a tumor in my saliva, like one of my saliva glands, which would be very bad or Hodgkin's lymphoma, which would be not so bad. And folks, I'm still here bothering you today. He had the That's good true. Hodgkins, as they say. I did, which is why Travis was very respectful and waited until after <laughs> I beat it to be like, you know, that's what killed Dumbledore. <laughs> day, uh, so, day one of me returning to college. Oh, I'm so glad I can finally tell you that that's what killed esteemed Irish actor Richard <laughs> Harris. I've been sitting on this knowledge all summer. That <laughs> so uh, that whole scene is also wild. That seems completely unethical and also yeah. just like not medically sound where she's like well i don't know i can't tell you you need to actually look was, at the thing and then he's yeah. like how long do i have to live i don't know six months i no, you know yeah. <laughs> it was weird how quickly she budged on that one okay have you ever in your work gotten annoyed with somebody who kept asking questions and decided to just give them an answer yes <laughs> just be like yeah you're gonna die even soon. if it's not true the and then she qualifies it by going listen things happen all the time though in this job you know i've seen you know, it doesn't mean six months. Six months doesn't mean you guaranteed six. Could mean you have more than six. Could be six years. Could, like, yeah, <laughs> just very know. much like who Leave knows? Me the fuck alone. Get it looked at, and then I we'll got tell I you. got seventeen other people to see. Yeah, they're all. Uh, can dying. we all, then talk about? Um, can we talk about the perfect Chicago cop who uh, <laughs> this guy rocks was gonna was gonna kill his wife and then shot himself in the leg and spent this whole time <laughs> as Doctor Carter does sutures on him very poorly. Just being like, uh, he's he's trying know, to he's trying wife, to do his first IV. He's trying to uh, yeah insert right. his he's first IV. He misses he misses the vein twice, and the guy's and got the guy his like, fucking fist up, ready to fucking destroy this guy. Yeah, I mean, have you, you ever had it where they miss your vein? It's horrible. It's oh, horrible. I, I, hate would, I, have, so I hate to get a fucking. Eye. Hold on a sec. Great I can't veins. wait. I yeah. can't wait to hear what Travis is about to finish with this. I have I huge have. veins and pale skin. Phlebotomists love me. <laughs> it is, and I have to get IVs a lot. So, like, it is. Uh, I mean, not as much lately, but I, I used to have to get IVs a lot because I used to get uh, biologic infusions for my colitis, and then I also get blood drawn a lot. Uh, for the same thing. Travis uh, got arms like a yeah, Snickers it's bar. It's never once been issue, an issue wow. because you pull my sleeve up and you're like, yep, there it is. <laughs> Jeez. I, I, Travis, I'm actually the same. Uh, I'm pale and have giant veins. And therefore, the one time I, that has ever happened that someone has missed my vein multiple times um, was the most frustrating thing in the world because it had <laughs> like already the been established ever that truck. it was really easy. You were like, like oh, I can do this. Give it to ever. me. Yeah, let me give it to me. <laughs> I'll <laughs> yeah, fucking so do it. It's fucking one time that happened to me. I was like, I cannot believe this is happening, and I'm so mad at you. <laughs> yeah, it's only happened to me if they don't do it right in the middle of the arm. Like sometimes for various purposes, they have to Back do it the like hand? in the upper arm. I will not let them do the hand if I can help it because I am too squeamish yeah. about hand stuff. Oh, the hand's yeah. the, web, the hand's they the better did, they one. They did the back. They did the back, back of the of hand, hand feels, once. Back of the hand is where I feel like I'm in like 
I feel like I'm in one of these shows and I'm about to give like and really great range of motion and stuff, but no, just like, some... no, it feels like I'm about to give like really great advice to somebody and then die. Like, I'm just like there. <laughs> you know what they say? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It feels more grave when it's in your hand. Yeah, <laughs> it does. You're absolutely right. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, you know what they say? Back of the hand, front of the bush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, who says that? <laughs> yeah, it's Back one of, of those hand, idioms. Front of the bush. Did I tell you this is this is quick? Did I tell you guys about the uh, the guy who I play music with um, trying to say the phrase "no holds barred," and what he came out of his mouth was "no bones hard." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like we're always saying "no bones hard." No bones hard. <laughs> no bone is hard. <laughs> It's always fun to encounter a malapropism in real life. Yeah. People write him into shows, show and I'm like, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. If I knew somebody People was like that. enough. Yeah. Malaprop. Well, that was actually, oh, gosh. I really, you know what? No, everybody, I, everybody gets to hear everything about my life. Whatever. We're going to die. Um, <laughs> that was uh, one of my favorite things about dating a person who I shouldn't have dated because we didn't have enough in common like most of what i did was laugh at her malapropisms it was very <laughs> connecting uh this is of course the french girl that i dated oh I be like that was what was fun about dating a really stupid person for <laughs> some time <laughs> so um uh already covered the hangnail lady um, she's great hathaway leaves is the er shift changes uh that's an important thing you know after what we've seen of her mostly you know it's kind of in and around you know, bantering with Clooney and such. Um, we've got uh, um, the, new, the there's the Cadillac that's crashed by the daughter, and then the, the dad shows up, and he's a great Tim Robinson character, effectively, because he just comes <laughs> rushing yeah. and hugging her. And then she's like, I crashed the car, and he's like, it's like, not the caddy! And then, like, goes into the other room, and it's like, oh, 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 oh. and he comes back, and he's like, it's okay. You're okay. That's all that matters. <laughs> he just you think that he is that exaggerating, up. but that is exactly how the scene goes. <laughs> you just get audio, yeah, yeah. right? Of him. Yes. Well, there's also something the, crashes. The, there's also the part where where your man, Doctor Third Year, is like actively Tart. trying to sew up her foot while this all happens. Right. I thought this was a pretty good bit. And yeah, just, can you stop moving? moving. And <laughs> oh, God, God damn it! No, I only have one type of car. Oh. Oh. Apparently, he also doesn't have insurance in any capacity or something <laughs> like that. God, there's so many funny scenes in this show. Yeah, it's you do great. have to have some levity if you're doing 90 minutes of trauma. Right, that's happening. what I was saying. You get Ian's. You get Ian's. Uh, you get Ian's. Don't look in that room scene, and then my <laughs> why is there a towel on my penis scene back to back? That's what this show is. We're talking about the girl with the burns on her legs, who's into the long fingers. <laughs> Yeah, this that's yeah. you could AI generate a fucking ER vignette. Yeah. What I also like then is you get more levity in the scene because then Benton opens up the door and he's like, How are you still doing this? <laughs> like he just constantly <laughs> keeps appearing. Like he's one of those enemies in a game who's like, You're not moving quick enough. So and then Benton has uh one of the better storylines where there's the person who had an aortic aneurysm who's like going to die if they don't do something now and no one is available and he does not have vascular cardiovascular surgery experience but he's like i'm gonna open him up 
and let's see what help we can recruit basically to do that. And he has a scene that's very similar to me to the part in Airplane where Leslie Nielsen just goes like, pops in the room and goes, I just want to tell you good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He, says, he walks in on a surgery, an active surgery is happening and comes in and he's just, just wanted to let everyone know I'm going to uh, perform a open heart surgery <laughs> joking, on this right? guy with no experience and I would like some help if you got it. Anyway, uh, hope <laughs> no, to see you there. <laughs> and they just ignore him and they're like, he was That's joking, a joke, right? right? Can Someone you go, go check, check if he's joking? joking. <laughs> also, the moment when the guy just appears when he's like getting ready to get scrubbed up and then um, a, sh- a, a stout hairy man, Alexa, which is very rarely shirtless on television anymore, <laughs> is stand- like with the male pattern baldness is behind me like, I'll be doing anesthesiology for you. <laughs> and it's just a scene of them like, getting dressed like that. And I was like, love this. Oh. It's so... <laughs> It's so great that this is happening. He's like, great. Good to have somebody in my, good to have, you know, a man backing me up like you. And I'm like, why did this turn into like a Top Gun? Like, talk to me, Rooster. Be got Top Gun. Which, of course, talk, you know, Goose. We're seeing Goose. That's, uh, yeah. he's all around, you know. Talk to me, Goose. Um, it is like great too when William H. Macy comes in. That hammy son of a bitch comes in. He's like, "This fucking you look. Look at this shit. A vet could have done a better job." And he lets him get all the way to the door. Like, fuck, man. And he's like, "But you were right to do it. You saved this man's life." And then, yeah, like, that reminded I me s- of all the times on Scrubs where Doctor Cox like says a nice thing to JD, and you're like, "Yeah, dude." I feel yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. straight yeah. up seen you were in that them do the celebration that. Uh, that Benton does in this. I've seen that as a gif of just like him quasi doing the tiger woods thing as he's just there celebrating in the hallway that he's like, I can do this. I can be a surgeon, which yeah. are crazy people, the craziest of doctors. I cannot. And imagine. then, uh, but they don't have, have to they- be smart. As we've learned, you can be a literal brain surgeon and you're, that doesn't mean that you're smart. Being very you, specialized in one thing often might make you stupider in other areas because you don't you have can, time to... You could have a documentary or you can have a movie about your life starring Cuba Gooding Jr. about how God gave you magic hands and makes you seem smart and then later you can piss all that goodwill away. <laughs> not that I could be talking about anyone specific, no. Do you guys remember the, the Carson, story about him? Uh, the story where he claimed to be in a Popeyes during an active shooter situation and he like... told them to go to the register or whatever. Vaguely somewhere in my brain. (laughs) It's just like a really weird made up story that he had. Anyway. (laughs) Well, and then he was also like, I was a 9-11. Oh, wait, no, that was just that one guy from the league. (laughs) (laughs) It was many people, but especially him. Uh, Fuck that Uh, guy. Um, uh, We get the kid who's been beaten, whose babysitter brings him in. And Clooney chastises that girl because he thinks that she did it first and then she... And then, then he, he quickly realizes that, that it wasn't her. Yeah. Um, and then he chastises the hell. Is that the last of, scene in the show, in the episode? No. The one where he yells at the mother? No, it all comes full circle with the uh, green going to bed as the end yeah. of the Oh, last. that's right. That's right. 24 that's right. hours. Yeah. Is there any other? Oh, well, there's the big thing. Uh, also, story. Yeah. Uh huh. I haven't gotten to that one yet. No, because, uh, yeah, we've got the. Um, well, we also have um, a moment outside. There's just the quiet moment. Um, Oh, actually, first Carter deals with um, uh, a teen uh, who has an ectotop- ec- ec- ectopic pregnancy. pregnancy. Thank you. This <laughs> one was also weird where they were just like, hmm, she has pain in her lower left quadrant and she is probably pregnant. It must be ecto Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is that easy or something. To, Anyways, I don't know. I've, they're like, no, we need to do an ultrasound now. Because your appendix is on the right side of, okay. your, stum- of your abdomen, Travis. 
was it lower left that they said even i don't know yeah. either way it was a thing where i was like i feel like you need to do the ultrasound first i agree i, I agree assume. but the way the, the, the whole way was that just this to show framed, it's just like the, hey the you dumbass why didn't you ask like why didn't you ask it the way yeah. that i wanted it to be asked yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was clearly trying to be like, oh, part of the job is knowing how to talk to patients as well yeah. as the actual physical labor. Like, obviously, that's what they were trying to get across there. Yeah. But I don't know how effective it was. It seemed kind of rushed. But uh, it is important, though, this scene, because it just that's the one that has um, Sherry Appleby, who will one day probably be an all-star. Um, if we ever get around to, you know. From what? Life Unexpected or Roswell or Unreal. We will. We're watching every show. Yeah, if we ever get around. Which was the one that you haven't? Life Unexpected. Yeah. What yeah, the I fuck don't know is what that? Life Unexpected is. Don't worry. It's I've a show. It's a show. On, it's a show that's in my brain. Is one that I might pick. <laughs> that's all. That's why I bring it up. Well, um, now it's expected. You well, fucked that up, Ian. Or maybe I'll pick the television show Life, starring Damian Lewis, and you won't expect it. How do you like them mm. apples? Huh? Anyways. Hey. Um. So they they get a call uh, in there about uh, a. Uh, and there's the urgent call that they get, and all of the staff are waiting by the ambulance bay doors as the paramedics arrive with an unconscious Hathaway who has overdosed on a bunch of medication in a suicide attempt. And I do really like the performance of uh, Anthony Edwards in this scene where he just keeps shouting at everyone to get back to work and stop gawking, and everyone just keeps staring, ignoring the hell out of what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um and like the part where like one where where someone says something about like oh why do you think she did it and he's like we don't ask that question about yeah. anyone else and we will not be asking it about this one yeah and she was supposed to i believe i read like she was Die. they were going to just kill her off in the pilot and then did they just like Juliana Margulies enough um, or they were like nah never mind she was cast like, originally for the pilot uh after they saw her on uh, homicide life on the street and it she was supposed to die after the event of the that episode show looms that's why she's a special guest star but they were like yo Hey, guys, we got a problem. We got... Hey, everyone, hold on. Before we kill her, we got a problem. The chemistry between her and Clooney is popping off the fucking screen. <laughs> we can't fucking kill her. People are going to want to see these people kiss. That's three seasons of television at the least out there. We can't do this. We got to keep her around. And that's exactly what happened. They were like, Jesus. Yeah. Um, everyone loved her immediately, and they were just like, no, no, yeah, she's got to live. This, we can't do this. And right. that's why, like... In season 15, she and Clooney have a cameo appearance where they return because they like go up to Seattle where they're where their doctors where the doctors are now. And it's just like two doctors are there to, you know, get a uh, uh, like a, an organ for transplant. And like the doctor that comes in to ask all the things is George fucking Clooney in the year 2009. <laughs> That's and, you know, I, if I remember correctly, it was one of those things where they were like. Is Clooney going to come back for the final season? I mean, it'd be probably pretty hard. And then it happened, and everyone was like, "Ow, ow, ow, ow!" <laughs> um, and he's even like, hotter yeah, than he lives. He lives in L.A. He has time to do one episode. He can do it. He love. He loves shit like this. Yeah. Um, that's that's what makes George Clooney fucking awesome. That's why everybody likes him. He, he was just his like day he ones. just like he seems like he actually likes the thing. I don't seem. I it, I, yeah. I don't read any cynicism in. His whole deal. I don't think he eats babies. Yeah, right. He's the, uh, the pilot was greenlit two or five weeks before they had to start shooting it. So the casting was super rushed. Clooney was the first one they offered it to. And he picked it over two NBC pilots. And I really, so really what wonder was what his it would be like. career before. So, because he's 33. I assume he's like a working actor, but has just not broken through. Well, his let's dad's, see. His dad's like a Louisville news anchor or something, right? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Um, at least, par at least uh, you know, partially Cincinnati, but he's from 
Louisville. And, was raised and, there. and um, Rosemary Clooney is an actress, correct? And yes, uh, mul- multi-hyphenate. Uh, yeah. Yes, and uh, Miguel Ferreira's mother. Right. So um, where he is at is like he had been in, you know, of course, uh, Return of the Cam- Killer Tomatoes uh, and things like that. Uh, and he had appeared on... He had appeared on eight episodes of E slash ER, the American sitcom from the eighties. Uh, wow. He just done, yeah. He was a he was a working era, uh, actor. He'd been on eleven episodes of Roseanne, I believe, as like a romantic interest. He'd been on the television program Sisters, uh, which we will do one day. We're not spending uh, enough time on the fact that he was on both ERs. That's sick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah, uh, he, you know did things like, yeah, it was just like a working television actor. He played a character called Detective Bobby Hopkins in one episode of The Golden Girls or Kip Howard in one episode <laughs> oh, man, of I gotta find Murder, the Golden Girls she, episode. One episode of Murder, She Wrote. You know, I these are the things that he does. gets flirted with by Rue McClanahan on his Golden Girls appearance. Yeah, and then, so yeah, we get ER and then the television appearances that he has after ER are Friends, in 1995, where he plays Dr. Michael Mitchell, which I have to imagine is like a joke that they're like, oh, we're going to put yeah. one of the ER doctors on an episode of Friends. Saturday Night Live as himself as the, you know, as the host. It's because he knows Rachel Green so well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, of course, in 1997 is Sparky the Dog in Big Gay Al's Big Gay Boat Ride episode of South Park. Oh, yeah. He is one of the few oh, actual celebrities geez. who has appeared on South Park. Uh, he's in an episode of Murphy Brown as Doctor Number Two. A live television production, a failsafe, a broadcast play based on, uh, yeah, sure, with George Clooney, Richard Dreyfus, Harvey Keitel, yeah, that's in two thousand, and then it's just like Hope for Haiti, a very Murray Christmas, <laughs> Letterman, like that's all he's ever done, you know, since then in television. Uh, oh, and also Catch Twenty Two, the Hulu adaptation where he appears uh, in three yes. episodes that starts. Christopher Abbott, Kyle Chandler, Hugh Laurie, and George Clooney, and I'm Whoa. just hearing about now. What? I, am yep. just- <laughs> I think he's the. I think he's like the EP on it. I think he was the one who wanted to do. Mm, that's why I'm just hearing about it now because unfortunately, as much as I love George Clooney, he is a bad director. Anyway, right? Because he also oh, does right. right the same. The man who brought you the menu stare at goats or whatever, right? Um, and Leatherheads. Those he definitely are both did. Him, I believe. Uh, he definitely did Leatherheads. Um, he was in Men Who Stare He was in Men Who Stare Goats. I don't know if he directed it. No, he was not the director of Men Who Stare Goats. Okay. That was, of course, directed by Grant Heslov, who I think that's the only thing he's ever directed. <laughs> sure. That's the only and thing good he's night ever directed. Good luck is Clooney. Right? It's cool, though. He does have an Oscar for Argo. Yeah. Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> there we um, go. Uh, yeah, so um, I we've got the yeah he uh, let's see shouts at the baby's parents, Hathaway's in the coma. Yeah, Green forcefully assures the patient with an ulcer that he does not have cancer. Yep, there it is. Um, we've already talked about the college yeah, student. Yeah, some hypochondriac. I like that. There's there's a moment where there's a woman in a French maid's costume for no reason. Yes. that Carter <laughs> like sees and like. She like walks by like he's and it like goes to treat her and he's like hello and it's <laughs> never followed up on. <laughs> There's a different. That's sexual actually one of the ghosts that haunts the hospital. Hell yeah, um, I believe. Makes no sense. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I guess really yeah. The only thing, the thing that we haven't mentioned really is just that um, Green had met with his wife oh, earlier right, in the day yeah. uh, and had you know breakfast with her and she's his daughter. studying for the bar exam. Yeah. He's a doctor and in the ER. They don't see each other. 
he's also flirting with uh, a nurse. Aren't and everyone's like, what's going on? He's like, I'm a married woman. And Clooney's like, <laughs> I mean, married man. And Clooney's like, yeah, that's going to stop you. That certainly won't come to anything. No, no, no. And, yeah, probably um, not. They don't, yeah, they don't give the announcement on like anything with uh, um, Hathaway. It's just, you know, it's like, okay, it's quiet. It's five in the morning and uh, everyone finds a place to sleep. Benton takes a room. Green takes a room. Carter just lays down on four like uncomfortable chairs <laughs> arranged next to each other or something like that. Good enough. I really <laughs> liked the brief thing where Carter is like, uh, I think I'm going to delay my lunch. I'll, I'll take it later. And Benton has to pull him aside and be like, you do not know if you will have time to eat. So when it is your lunch break, take it. But do not take more than 30 minutes. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a very Real Benton gives good advice. Tell somebody who's never had a job like that. <laughs> yeah. Most important uh, lesson for the for the average person to learn from this show. Yeah. Stressful job. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't want. Would never do it. <laughs> but me. we'll watch. <laughs> Well, as I said, t- Saturdays at 10 a.m. is Ian's ER time. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> would watch more of this show. This shit rocks. So fucking good. Paste fucking immaculate. Yeah. I never, never had a moment where I was like, oh, this one's dragging on. It was just like, boom, next one. Come on. People are here. It's the emergency room. People are going to die. Is there yeah. a consensus for like this show having like a quality drop at some point? Or I think really it's one of like those shows. Yeah, well, I think I think it's both mileage varies and also that it's like it'll dip and then it'll pick back up and then it'll dip and then it'll pick back up because there's always people coming in or out and right. it's all like, oh, you might hate some characters that other people love. Right. And then you know. just like the cast in this finale is just heaters. Like, ah, uh, do we get any actual all stars from the pilot? we do have one. We do have one. Uh, and I will reveal who that is in a second. But I was going to run through. Here are the people who are listed as like main actors throughout that we've got. You know, like seeing who like stands out. Maria Bello. That's one that For stands out. For people that out. we haven't seen. On yeah, yeah. Episode, just like, but yeah, we're just yeah. Famous around this. Uh huh. I mean, it's, it's her. Um, like Maura Tierney's character. I remember like in the episodes that are in the seasons that my mom watched. Her being like she, huge because right. she's she leaves six a couple on. episodes before the very end. Yep. <laughs> So it's the thing where I'm like, oh, credits. Yeah. I didn't even realize. I feel like that Stamos had done three, four, four seasons of ER. Oh, which good money. If I, I bet it's such good money. Yeah, Bassett's only in one season, but man, when she appeared, I got fucking. What amped. a person yeah. to get for season fifteen of your show. I mean, hey, when That's... you're gonna go out, go out on top, right? Just be like, you got Clooney for. I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world. Have you seen Kiki Palmer's impression of Angela Bassett? No, I don't <laughs> no. think so. It is amazing. She talks about it and she's like, it's all in the teeth. It's all in the lips. And she just does the whole thing. And it's just like, you know, you got it. You just got to be. And she, you just got to be confident on that one. And talks about like, like the Ike and Tina Turner television film that Angela Bassett's in. And just doing a perfect Angela Bassett impression where she's le- just like, you ain't got to cheat on me, but one time. And uh, it rules. Angela Bassett's great. The greatest. It's so uh, weird that she's a secondary antagonist in Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. They need more of her. Uh, and she's 64 years old, has been married to Courtney B. Vance since 1997. And I love that for them so much. Remember when Courtney B. Vance won an Emmy for um, People versus OJ? And yes. mostly all he did was talk about how hot his wife is for his acceptance speech. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fuck yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah. Who else do Mackay we? Pfeiffer? Who else do we not get? Yeah. No. There was we, no Mackay Pfeiffer. No Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> Anyone? Folks? <laughs> Crickets from the other two. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, guys. Uh, we've of course got uh, Parminda Nagra, who is the the. She was in Bended like Beckham. She was the person mm-hmm. who was bending it like Beckham. Oh, you yeah. know, um, those are you know, and then like, oh god, where is where is the list of like guest the notable stars? people who have played? Yeah, who've done one episode <laughs> is like insane and yeah. goes on forever. We like don't we do not have time. To I was it. gonna, I was just gonna like, if you were skim famous it. between nineteen ninety four and two thousand nine, you might have done an ER if you weren't doing a lot. Fucking Sally time. Field, yeah. Danny Glover, <laughs> like you just how many Academy? You, you know yeah. what? That's the question. How many? Oh yeah! In this final episode, they're just like we're throwing Bork Nine at you. Uh, yeah, that was a lot. God, and he's so fucking he's good. Really good. He's really good. In it, he's really good. Oh, Forrest Whitaker takes uh, somebody hostage and then kills himself in one of the episodes of ER. Great, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, probably uh, good at. Yeah, uh, they do a crossover episode with the show Third Watch, which I don't know what that is, but Third they do. Watch. I feel like it, that was on my list. Busy Phillips, Aaron Paul. Oh, Zach man. Efron, um, before he was before high, school high, school high school musical, he was Bobby Neville, a young boy who arrived after suffering a gunshot wound. Now it'd be like, I got shot, but it was deflected by my rock hard abs. So, um, oh, Quentin Tarantino directed an episode. Oh, God. <laughs> Lucy sure. Liu. I'm, I'm Stanley really Tucci appeared in, one, in season Lucy 14. Lou in the episode that Quentin Tarantino directed? Yeah. yeah she, it's just all her feet. She's, yeah. Uh, People are in the ER because she keeps decapitating people. <laughs> she's she's coming into the ER to finish off throwing the people who escaped, escaped her. Yeah, it's a it's a crossover. It's um, just like all the people who get murdered. The, in enti- the entire uh, in the hospital. Guys, yeah, guys, guys, all Kiki, the crazy eighty eight guys in season to- five. In, in season five, Kiki's on for a multiple episodes as a homeless teenager who befriends befriends George Clooney. Guys, I have to go watch. Every episode of ER where Kirsten Dunst is a homeless teenager who's friends with George Clooney, like <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I know Shia LaBeouf, of course, Alan Alda, yeah, of course uh, Alan Alda's on this. Eric Stone Street appears to be crying, wearing a hat that just says Blackhawks. <laughs> Scotty Pippen, baby. Ladies, let's have a party. Uh, Gabrielle Union, Ewan McGregor, uh, as a gunman uh, <sighs> who shoots somebody, forcing Julianne Margulies to care for the victim. That's also like my third favorite Danny Boyle film. Hold Eva Mendes, CCH motherfucking pounder. I bet well, she yeah. rocks. <laughs> she was built for shows like this. But have you guys? Are you guys aware of the Scotty Pippen, uh, like whatever sub shop commercial? No, no. no. Has the greatest. So. A, you should look it up, but it's like Sky Pippen, I believe, while he was still playing with the Bulls, or maybe recent after he had recently retired, there's a, a a party sub and a bunch of hot ladies around him, and he goes, This is one six footer, I can't guard one on one. Ladies, let's have a party. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's <just> literally <laughs> What are the greatest local this commercials? Is, uh, oh, it's from Mr. <laughs> Submarine. I've, I've got it. Mr. Submarine. It. Yeah. Okay. Also, I just want you to know, I mentioned that Clooney comes back in season 15. 
Uh, actually, it's apparently a number of episodes. He and Juliana Margulies reappear. Their uh, their their plot is that there's a grandmother who needs to decide whether or not to pull the plug on her grandson so that they can donate the organs. And you're like, my God, they brought George Clooney back for the final season of ER. How wonderful! And then they're just like, George, by the way, Susan Sarandon is the grandmother. <laughs> Are they just these? This is just they're just throwing heat at this point. God, Chris Pine. Uh, he's a drunk man in the emergency room. That's probably delightful. Yeah. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker is a former patient who uh, intends to sue the staff for malpractice. Oh, and then, uh, yeah, Elizabeth Mitchell, 14 episodes. There we go. There's a bunch of people Macy who are in Macy is listed as 31 episodes, 1994 to 2009. So I'm very curious what like his exact run is. Right. Who? Uh, Macy. Oh. Uh, you know, he probably just every couple of seasons or something like that, in. or yeah. a couple he's episodes. like chief resident, or yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't have to. I don't know. Uh, what's good though is that we so in the finale of ER, of course, and in the end, which aired on April second, two thousand nine, uh, and was also once again directed by Rod Holcomb. Rod Holcomb. Uh, uh, one of the plot lines we've already covered. Uh, because it's uh, that uh, Linda Cardellini is given a car so that she can murder Travis. <laughs> when Travis is like, we get to talk about hotties, he's talking about Linda Cardellini. The, I mean, the fair. person who presumably is responsible for Steven's uh, thing for skinny Velma's, uh, having literally been that. Uh, he's walked away, so he cannot, answer, he cannot respond to these allegations. Yeah. She's looking great. She's fun to have around. I had no idea she was ever on this show, let alone for like six years. Yeah, yeah. She gets a car from her, from John Stamos, and from her son. Also, Uh, so I was confused about this uh, with the random girl, the the young girl that Stamos picks up, where she's just like, "Hey, Tony," and I was like, "Your daughter calls you Tony." That's cool. Hey, I don't know what their relationship was. I know Uh, this because I was looking up random things from what happened on ER to find the gnarliest things. That's his best friend's son, who died in the Iraq Mm. War. Oh. And then he started sleeping on and off with the mother, who then also died. Then he's just like, well, I'll adopt you, which is wild. <laughs> that sounds like ER. Wait, which kid are you talking about? The one that the one he picks, p- the young girl that he picks up at the park and is like, I couldn't yeah. sleep. Do you, do you drink? Do you, you don't drink, right? No, that, that girl, that little girl. Okay, I'm confused because you said that. You said son. So the, who's the best friend's son who... And Sorry, I meant daughter. I meant daughter. And then you said he died. You meant the best friend died. The best yeah. friend died. Best friend okay. died. in the war. In the <laughs> I was war. Like, in the last Iraq. episode, Sorry. he's talking to someone's Sorry. dead son, Sorry. who's a girl. That part of the show go. <laughs> <laughs> and then my reaction was, "That sounds like ER." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. And are him and are him and Linda a couple on this show, or are they just buddies? I had to imagine they. Uh, it's like a. I I'm have sure to imagine have that been. it's like. Yeah, like it's in a weird, like, oh, how serious? Maybe, yeah. yeah, step back, and then it's like, let's fucking go, baby. Yeah. When you got, when you can watch Velma and Uncle Jesse kiss, that's so special. Yeah. When Cardellini on on major major watch for various shows. Stephen, how do you respond to the allegations that Travis says that Linda Cardellini is the reason why you're into skinny Velma as a type? As a type. Okay. <laughs> I don't Considering know if she t- originated I, the role. I, I, I suspect that my type... Oh, is that her? Yes. She was Velma in the Scooby-Doo Yes, film. that is yeah. the, the heart of Green Book the herself, Linda Cardellini. The car. Yes. And, yeah, that plot line was weird. Um, <laughs> as was the drinking, pe- like, fucking after-school special-ass 
plot yeah. line. I did like um, when he did tell that one parent, you better have a good lawyer. And then, and the cop was like, bro, I need you to also chill out right I like now. when you said six amazing. drinks can kill you. And it's like, of what alcohol content? Six drinks all, can be so many things. Yeah. Um, no, six I do, I do. bottles of vodka, each yeah, one being a drink. I do. I really. I also really like. Uh, yeah. I also really like that cop being like, "Mr. Doctor, also stop." Like, yeah. Please shut the fuck <laughs> up, bro. I am arresting this guy. You don't need to escalate the situation. I yeah. will shoot everyone here. I am a member yeah. of the Chicago Police. I watched Jingle All the Way, and a cop got exploded by a bomb, and it was treated like a cartoon thing. <laughs> like, like he just, it just his face got black and his hair stood up, and, and everybody was just cool with it later. Stephen, like, when you saw Banshees of Inisherin, uh, and there's the part where Brendan Gleeson is basically like, "If hitting a cop is a sin, then I, then call me a sinner yeah. or whatever." Did yeah, your theater yeah. pop? No. Okay, because my theater also, had very we, much. Okay, like, we still haven't gotten the response woo! of is Linda Cardellini responsible for Stephen's okay, one of his to types? To answer your question, I have ADHD. Um, <laughs> I, I, I suspect that my type existed before Linda Card like like my in my. You head. didn't what have the language for it, and then you were shown yeah. Velma, and then suddenly yeah. you understood. Yeah. Right. It was more like, oh, that. More than like this is a this is why, and then you saw her in two as the like evil Velma in leather, and, and then you were like, you were like, you know that didn't do it nearly as much for me as like the normal Velma. I'm telling on myself again. <laughs> Isn't she like a stripper in Brokeback Mountain or something? Is that her? We're still not talking about the show. <laughs> That's how this podcast okay. works. Sorry, we were doing the hottie check on this. We uh, were doing hottie of. How many other hotties we got? Alexis well, Bledel is so a cutie, Stamos, not a obviously. Stamos, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not a Bledel person. Borgnine, obviously. Classic time. <laughs> well, listen, that, guy, that guy drank <laughs> whiskey and masturbated them. once a day, and that's how he lived to be as long as he did. <laughs> that's true. He I said that. that. He's the I masturbate a lot guy. <laughs> uh, God, who else was on here? Uh, uh, what, in the hottie check? Fuck. Oh, Tandy Newton. I, um, so mm, was she previously uh, married to Dr. Carter? Stop, 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 stop. 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 You got to go back. Way? Yeah. As we've all learned, she had the moment yes, where she's like, she everyone's been saying my name wrong name. for 30 years or whatever. We should what give her the respect. Uh, so Tendiwe. there's a W in her. It's Tendiwe. Tendiwe. And yeah. she went, when she was like on a call sheet sometime or whatever, like someone just said like Tandy. And then she just like went by that professionally for a long time. And then recently she added the W back in. She was like, fuck all of you guys. Yeah. Who is uh, she rocks. She's. She's so good. Uh, she's so good in everything. She's so good in Westworld. She was the thing that kept me watching for a while. You got, oh, you got, you got absolute cutie and as you know, all star Scott Grimes. Scott Grimes, what was, everyone. Okay, what was we he love he Scott before? Grimes because he's a very recognizable face. Yeah, uh, yeah, we love him. We, he was so great as he was so great as Bailey in Party of Five, the television program oh, we all were doing. <laughs> Don't you remember Bailey, Fuck. the best friend of the main character of Party of Five, Fuck. who maybe gets with his sister, I think? Fuck. I think that's what happens. Yes, it is. Fuck. Then, also, like, in the middle of this ER run that he has, he starts on a show called American Dad, and is on Fuck that me. for many, many years longer. Is that still on? Um, American Dad is still on. It switched to TBS in 2014. It has got 19 seasons and 338 episodes. Fuck. Wow. Outpaced ER. 
Guy who's guy guy who still likes American Dad but doesn't like Family Guy. Is that a thing? It, yeah, there are 100%. a bunch of people who are like, no, American Dad like actually got funnier later. Like they had, but I've heard from sources of various repute that it's actually pretty good. I will never watch it. Oh, of course, except for I this mean, podcast. Yeah, right. And when it, as soon I've as been it's in off rooms the air, when it's been on, I was like, yeah, it seems pleasantly mediocre at best. It seems downright um, repellent to me. Well, yeah, but that's not surprising. Uh, the thing that I really actually, though, felt um, was missing. I guess I, I, I there were fewer like pro- I wanted more last episode of, you know, ER. The people who are sick are also famous. You know, mm, we, yeah. you know, maybe that would have distracted from it. So we really only get Ernest Borgnine giving doing a more fucking like three <laughs> years or whatever before a more comes out. Yeah. Oh. And so we, um, let's also take stock of like, okay, so who is on both episodes of the watch today? You have that one nurse who wakes up, whichever main doctor that we have, mm-hmm. the big guy, Dr. Benton and Dr. Carter. Is that it? And then one, a, of, one of the female doctors. That's a great fucking list for a show yeah. that ran that long. That's a long, it's just like, that's such a random foursome though. There was the uh, the I believe Mexican American nurse maybe maybe she was because when Rachel says something she's like oh Chuni we'll talk later and it was the thing where I was like oh is she one of the nurses in the first episode that I just didn't clock um, maybe her that would be the one that I'm like oh that could have happened did they have um, uh, did the uh, black male nurse played by Christian rapper Deezer D or whatever <laughs> show up in both or she just in the first one that guy was fun. Uh, in terms of hotties, we didn't mention Alex Kingston, who played River Song on Doctor Who. And legally, if we don't mention her, um, people like Jeff Daniels will be like, "How could you not mention River Song?" Anyways, anyway, so some girl passed out in a toilet at a <laughs> at a high school party. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is the, this is like the main. I like that they do kind of break it where you're like, "Oh, everyone's got, uh, you know, here's the main patient that they're dealing with." Uh, and uh, yeah, she they they were doing Never Have I Ever, and I guess. You drink when you have, right? It's been so yes. long since I've played yes. a yes. drinking game, drink basically like this. Yeah. So I guess yeah. this girl's done everything. Yeah. Like everything What's so funny is like, these are supposed to be seventeen-year-olds, and like that pack of of kids that comes to the hospital look thirteen to me. But maybe that's that just means what they're seventeen-year-olds. When I'm right. 30. Yes, yeah, Travis. To be fair, Travis, yes. I was yes. uh-huh. I was at I so I I was in this weird situation where. I bought too many coffees and I needed to work and I was in public and I just needed to <laughs> settle down in a space where like I didn't have to buy anything and I found this space in Trinity because that's where I was near um, and so I was just sitting at Trinity for two hours and I was looking around at the 18 to 22 year olds around me and I was like children 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 I was like <laughs> I cannot believe this so yeah 16 to 17 year olds because even if you were hanging out with one you'd be like oh a child a child yeah because I <laughs> I'm, I'm now I'm now only exposed to them through TV where they are played by 25 year olds. Right, exactly. Anyway, so yeah, these kids had a party where they drank too much. It turns out their parents uh, were supplying fucking vodka for them because uh, they're like, well, we just want it to happen in, a, in the home or a monitor. That's a thing. Like, that is, yeah, that is a but thing. that's a thing. Not to the degree where like clearly they weren't. Thing. They weren't doing a uh, you know. I understand, yes, parents will supply alcohol for their kids and be like, we just need to be in the home and we'll monitor it. And clearly they were not. And 
Right. But like, are you going to sit in the room with them? I'm just saying, I'm not yeah, saying you're going like, to harsh their vibe. Would, if saying, I was giving vodka happens. to like 12 minors at the same time, I probably would stay in the room with them. This is why Travis is not going to be a cool dad. Yeah, no. Travis is never going to be a cool dad is what we're learning. But am I, am I, but am I the only uncle here? Like, I'm the uncle to many me. people. <laughs> many people. <laughs> of all ages. <laughs> any man, any man can be the biological uncle yeah. of somebody. But I, listen here, nephew. You want to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I there are many nephews that, in my life. I, I'm definitely a cousin. I'm They've also been supplying Kool-Aid as the mixer, which... Maybe you should get them taken to CPS by itself. Travis, if I'm remembering correctly, didn't you go to urgent care yes. drinking? I had vodka and Coke as a 19-year-old, <laughs> and I got made fun of for literally years by friends and family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's because you were drinking vodka Cokes? Vodka Coke? It was vodka Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. And if I had one of those, I'd be in the fucking ER. <laughs> I was 19. Uh, I believe it was yeah. your dad who was like, I've haven't you heard mix clear with clear yeah. and brown with brown? Yes. <laughs> Which I love being that being the, the response to that. I would. I mean, if my if my kid went to the ER drinking it after he became okay, I would never stop roasting him. Like, that <laughs> yeah. is actually how that would go. Also, like, technically, oh, technically right, I was only diagnosed with gastroenteritis and not clearly alcohol poisoning. uh anyway uh yeah so they get arrested um i love the recurring thing where they go back to the sheet that has like the patients of the day and there's like things that are just mentioned but not seen like the pommel horse incident and (laughs) trombone guy trombone guy underneath that it says what is the weakness how many in area (laughs) Three confirmed trombone guys. <laughs> if I were writing for this show, I would just consult the Deadspin slash Defector uh, annual Christmas article, What Did We Get Stuck Up Our Rectums This Year? And <laughs> try and write the most esoteric parts from that. I mean, honestly, episode. but here's the, here's the thing. ER absolutely had some esoteric objects stuck in people's rectums as regular plot lines. Oh, they do a callback to a thing we didn't talk about in the first episode, which is this kid ate a key and then his mom can't get into the apartment because he oh, I forgot. assumed the key and George Clooney starts laughing at her. And which then is this time, funny. That's funny. this kid, and then a kid in this episode ate his mother's Eat. rosaries. Uh, uh, grandmother's, and then, yeah, it has funny. to be, and uh, yeah, it's the, and then it's uh, them, like, does anyone here speak Spanish? And I was like, ooh, you guys, uh, ER in Chicago? Come on. I yeah, like, major yeah, oversight. Have... What the fuck? <laughs> Somebody really fucked up speak Spanish? <laughs> anyone? And they're like, we got the one Hispanic guy who grew up not bilingual, and he doesn't know either. I'm now thinking, though, of the, um, uh, if they did the scene from basically, like, um, Zero Dark Thirty, where it's just like, anyone here been in a helicopter crash before? And then everyone raises their hands. It's like, anyone here speaks Spanish? And then it's just a bunch of people put their hands up. And they're like, what? Yeah. Yes, of course. What? Yeah. You do. Probably Why are f- you ask? What? <laughs> everyone Probably have does. a few Polish and Russian speakers on staff. Like, Yeah, yeah. Were, there weren't enough Polish people in this first, uh, in, the, in, the, in any of the <laughs> show that I saw. Yeah. They, they probably covered that somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, they did a whole Polish season. But yeah, so uh, that the girl, uh, the, that girl eventually, the, the thing that happens with her is before they can transfer her, she finally awakes and thrashes around, and they, they uh, you know flash the light, and they're like, well, her movement 
is she is reacting, but it is not with any sort of coherence. So she could have permanent brain damage. Uh, we're going to figure that out, do another CT scan. We'd, we'd never find out, yep. which I do really like how many yeah. things are just like, they're out of the ER, so you're never going to know. That's that's actually a really brilliant device that they have at their fingertips, and I'm glad that they use it regularly. And oh, then we've got the so most tragic plot line in this episode, um, I guess, which is the... Parents that can't stop having kids. The, yeah, the woman who has twins, and, they're, uh, and then uh, after the trauma of childbirth, uh, her uterus gets flipped inside out. <sighs> Uh, this was gruesome. Yeah, she like scene. squirts There's out so a much blood on ton the ton of blood on the floor. <laughs> One of the kids is also like in critical condition, but they're able to get the kid back to health. But she uh, dies off screen, and it's put very bluntly to Alexis Bledel by a surgeon in another unit because they're like Just, like real because they like lose track like, of her oh, yeah, basically. They're like, ah, oh, we took her. Yeah. She'll she'll be okay, I think. And then we go up and like, oh yeah, she died like an hour ago. Well, see you yeah, later. <laughs> and yeah, uh, it's just, they're just like, what? Yeah, Mrs. Wheeler? Yeah, she died a while ago because it is um, Cara... Um, Cara uh, Buono. What is it? Buono. Yeah. Uh, She's there. Another person doing that. It, oh, yeah. Abso- yeah, well, I mean, yeah, because um, what? Is her appearance... Is she in the last episode of The Sopranos or something like that, maybe? Because she's also on that as... Um, she could be... Kelly Moltisanti. She is also on um, Stranger Things. Um, I will introduce a veto uh, power because the finale of Stranger Things is probably going to be like gonna 12 be hours long hour, yes. <laughs> alone. Yeah. And people are going to yeah. keep watching that show and no one's going to seem to like it, but still keep watching it. Everyone I know will watch every discourse season about it. in two days. What the fuck is wrong with people? This is my crusade. Everyone who watched the two and a half hour episode. Just resist it. This shit sucks. Again, I did it on this podcast. I won't go longer. Just the fact that there was a two and a half hour episode that was not the finale, but Stephen and I both thought was the finale (laughs) was the part that really broke me mentally. Yeah. Yeah. They broke a seven episode season into two parts and it was five and two. Sorry. uh, I, I, I must've had a Stephen moment. I didn't know that that wasn't the finale until right now. (laughs) Even though we've had, we have talked about this having happened before and we will talk about this again. Steven he is 17 years old. He is 30 years old. He is 43 years old. He is <laughs> He's Dr. the ages Manhattan. of all the kids on Stranger Things. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Folks? Folks? Uh, oh, man. Yeah. I do, I do, I do understand, though, because I thought that some of those kids might go on to have careers afterwards, and now I'm like, yeah, you hold on to Stranger Things as long as you can. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'd, I'd Marazzo love to has, like, money. some prank show that's also on Netflix or something. That's a fucking nightmare. Uh... So we've got an elderly patient. Or, well, no. So actually, um, before we have the elderly patient, we have um, uh, there's a man who comes in with severe uh, difficulties, and she's and Alexis Padel is treating him, and it's like, oh, are you? How long have you been sick? And he's like, twenty years. And she's like, how long have you had trouble breathing? And he's like, oh, that's only just been a couple, of, you know, days. And it's like, what's up? And he's like, oh, I have AIDS. You're like, oh, okay, that's what they're going for here with this. And then it's determined that he has terminal cancer. And they're like, oh, but you've got you've got a pretty good chance of getting, you know, another year or something out of this. They say like two he, months, which is not worth it on chemo. And yeah. also, especially and then, if you have chemo while having AIDS, you probably would just live in a bubble for that time. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and he looks at her and he looks at her and I kid you not. He just is like, listen, I've been skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. You know? You love deeper? You know? Longer? He's telling Alexis Padel to live like she was dying. It's what is happening in this scene, basically. 
Yeah. He's like, he I should have died 20 years ago. Skydiving. Yeah. And, uh, and then he and his partner remember some guys, which was very sweet. Because, <laughs> yeah, they just sit around yeah, and remember name. some gays. Remember, remember <laughs> some some brilliant gay guys who died. <laughs> it's like that clip where Fran Lebowitz talks about how if you could tell people like she wishes she could go back and tell her gay friends who died of AIDS who's famous now. And everyone's like, <laughs> who's she subtweeting? Who is Fran subtweeting in this moment? <laughs> She's like, you'll never believe who's famous. And everyone's like, is it Jessica Lang? Is she talking shit on Jessica Lang? Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, we also have the broken penis patient. Um, you gotta have one. Like an old guy who fucks yeah. and keeps telling the nurses about how much fucking he does and they ask like how <laughs> it happened like they're like was like some on top and there was the weight and he goes cowgirl position that's not for me <sighs> he was <laughs> railing some old bitty over like a desk or whatever and then he <laughs> pulled out and like hit it on something <laughs> could you imagine it. if this guy said could you imagine could you imagine if this guy looked at I don't remember who he was who was treating him I don't know but he's just like, oh no, face down, ass up. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And then they're like, you're going to be out of commission six weeks. And he's like, what am I going to tell the girls? <laughs> Which is incredible. Also, can you imagine if he died four weeks from now? <laughs> like, damn, man. Didn't even go out doing what he loved. Anyway, but then we also have the touching story of Ernest Borgnine and his wife, who he's known for 72 years, who is dying there's a couple old woman patients there are two separate old woman patients in this yeah, yeah. it was interesting the one and, and his daughter too. comes and is like oh she was actually terrible god bless him for loving her the whole time i think it's less that she was terrible people, and more like she was like a pain in the ass but like people in a loving guys way. guys people be containing multitudes with rich <laughs> inner lives <laughs> yeah board nine's whole like 72 years I never looked at another woman and I'm just like it's, it's one in the morning a cat is on sleep asleep on my legs tears are streaming down my face Damn. I'm just like yeah man um, I'm doing great yeah this is great I Fucking love this Mike Pence over here yeah I'm thinking about what I would do if I met somebody and then was like ah 72 years and I was like Jesus could I live to 102 no they would never let you into Hollywood with the working last name Bork 9 today <laughs> I think about that every time I <laughs> ponder Ernest Borgnine. I'm like, you'd have to change that one. That's a, that's a rough name. Yeah. We haven't talked about that. Carter is opening up a clinic for underprivileged um, mm -hmm. uh, patients. He is uh, from a very wealthy family and he has decided to use that money for good uh, because he's opened up a clinic that will treat all manner of individuals and hopefully make a difference in the world. And he's named it after his child, after his son that he had with, uh, uh, what is her character's name? Uh, Kem, uh, played by Tundiwe Newton. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, he's like, yeah, you know, I, he gets very choked up when explaining, you know, the origin of this all. And, uh, and, you know, you have a variety of people who have returned to the show, uh, including Peter Benton, who is back uh, for, for this to see all of this and they're all delighted by the fact that uh mark green's daughter rachel is visiting the hospital as a prospective student in the the program there and uh, everyone fawns over her and then angela bassett is just like why are you here right she is like <laughs> i'm angela bassett and i am not cast to take people's nonsense just going on about uh the uh Every, she's like looking at Do Dr. Carter and she's like, why is he picking up? Why is he working? What is he doing here? You know, 
you are not a doctor. And everyone's like, ah, he's just here helping out. Or, and she's like, you are not a doctor in this hospital. You know, but. Too bad. You know, everyone's excited. Yeah, the part where he gr- where she grills uh, him about this, where he's like, yeah, so because you knew her father, you've trained with her, you understand her abilities and, uh, you know, all of that. And he's like, uh, well, well, no. And then Bassett like breaks and it's like, she did well. She made the first round of cuts. Because that's the thing. Is Angela Bassett plays really hard-assed people who are ultimately big old softies. And then they, yeah, you know, they, they decide to, you know, uh, all of these people that have their little reunion, they're like, oh, let's go to, um, let's go to a bar. You know, we'll, we'll celebrate. We'll have some fun together. Uh, Carter has an awkward interaction with his wife, ex-wife, the mother of his son. Um, I'm not sure what the current relationship standing is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, she, he's just like, you want to, you know, you, you want to come out with us? No, you don't. Okay. Uh, it's hard for you to be in Chicago. Well, what if you want to do something tomorrow? And she like starts to say no. And then is like, why don't you call me in the morning and see how I'm doing? And so uh, he's like, I have to stay awake all night because if I fall asleep, I will not have the ability to make this phone call. I will oversleep and I will ruin my whole life. <laughs> so at one point, he's just outside shooting hoops uh, with clearly, clearly great form because the, you see wonderful wide uh, shots that they keep it all in frame and you see it. They're not doing the thing where he shoots the ball and then they just cut to a close up <laughs> of the <laughs> basketball hoop as the ball goes through. He's not no, doing no, the, they would the, never do the Hastings, shit like that. The Hastings Ruckel form. <laughs> <laughs> and Stamos just comes out and is just like, hey, what's going on with you? You you good? You seem like you're working through something as you're yeah, playing you basketball with a full suit. You're playing basketball with your suit untied, and you've clearly had some drinks. How many? Is it common for hospitals to have like a basketball court nearby in an area? Yeah, sure. Scrubs also did that. They had like frequent basketball games between. I guess staff. it wouldn't be out of consideration to have like, like a, a courtyard space. Somewhere. Like this one, all yeah, like this one is clearly like just like a fucking hoop that somebody put in the parking lot or something mm-hmm. like that. So that one could just easily be like, oh, somebody put that up. Versus other ones where it's like much more legitimate seeming this is just somebody's driveway basketball hoop you know there's a mm-hmm. bunch of sand weighing it down mm-hmm. uh you know don't dunk on that one which they all could of course clearly <laughs> <laughs> they'll have that would be great big verts that would be actually great is if that's what they were doing with these characters is just fucking like dunking all over everything okay um, i have a oh actually this is about the boner patient i have a note my last note is Ten minutes left in the whole series, and they're talking about putting cock up your urethra. I, uh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep. Because they say that's like a thing people do. Cock instead of I can't believe sometimes. cock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they. Uh, I one of the one of the really great fucking things in this uh, episode is there's the scene uh, where Benton. And um, uh, Elizabeth Cordry, Alex Kingston's character, they're leaving. Like, everyone's left the the bar. Some of them are heading back to the ER. And Benton and Cordry are like, ah, we're going to bed. And they have a conversation that is the perfect, we both know each other, but we don't actually know each other. Awkward, how's this, what's up with you conversation? Where it's like, we care about each other, but we don't really know each other. We care about each other from shared circumstance. Mm-hmm. And it was tremendous. And it has the little funny button at the end of it where she's like, oh, this is my rental car. And it's a fucking Hummer. And it like yep. just is like the silly thing like that. And I was like, that is just, uh, that's just well done. Liked that a lot. 
Benton's got a deaf son who seems yeah. cool. Uh, at some point, they have ass. like a Skype conversation with someone who moved to New Orleans. Yeah, one of the other. Yeah, one of the other main characters, characters throughout the. Yeah, yeah, that's the one who she was the one who was in Bended like Beckham. Okay. This actress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they are on what appears to be a Netscape browser on a computer in 2009, and the video connection they have is better than our current video connection. <laughs> <laughs> a professional camera is is being projected basically back at them. Like, it is like, that is that is a 35 millimeter, that's a 70 millimeter print on this screen level of clarity they are getting on the, in this hospital in 2009. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah okay so there with you you started to talk about oh no no there's the two elderly patients because there's the one that's dealing with there's like a dementia um, one who like ran, yes left the house and and keeps talking about what strong what strong hands uh <laughs> Dr. Archie Morris yeah that's his name Archie Morris all has. these things felt like callbacks but it could just be procedurals be like this yeah <laughs> it's also that one was that one was weird because she like meets again you're like. She's going to die. And then she just doesn't, nothing happens to her. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess that's what it is. I think that Um, that plot device or like like the idea that what happens in the ER is the only thing that matters. And the rest of the story kind of doesn't, you never see what put them in the ER and you never see the real outcome. If they end up going on to the next doctor, who's not an emergency doctor is fascinating. Like it creates a show where the outcome often doesn't matter or like uh, they're going to live, but like how long are they going to live? And that's the end. Like that's, that's so interesting as a, uh, as a way it, to treat yeah, it really, human life in a TV show. <laughs> yeah. It really flies in the face of the other things where you're like, Oh, we're going to get resolution on all of these. Yeah. And there's, there's just like, usually not just, resolution in ER. Sometimes they're just going away. Like, yeah, they just wild. get wheeled out between the double doors and that's it. I do like that after Borgnine's uh, wife dies and, um, you know, all of the, all of the wonderful moments, you know, he expl- he gives the whole monologue um, about her and, you know, never looking at anyone else. There's the moment after she dies where he's like, can I, can I stay with her a bit longer? And all this happens. And then like Linda Cardellini just like walks over to the desk for a second and just calls her mom. She's like, Hey mom. Oh yeah. Sorry. Did I wake you? Oh no. Who's on Leno tonight? You know, that was, that was very sweet. Uh, in fact, in that moment, I actually, I texted my mom, uh, and I texted her to let her know that I tweaked the cocktail that I had her try the day before yeah. <laughs> when she was down here. Uh, cause, uh, my dad made no Chino, Matt. Uh, and wish so anybody I, did, I know was making no Chino. I did equal parts, no Chino. There's a, there was a normal one and then like a sweet one. So I did equal parts, no sweet, the sweeter, no Chino with a coffee liqueur, um, Campari, and then originally I'd done it with gin, and then the next time I did it, I subbed the gin for tequila, and was like, "This is something. This, this now, is something." You, here's here's we're here on we, to something here. We're on to something. Where do you see how I? Do? I don't have any you nochino, know? but I would um, love to make that. We haven't even talked about the mother-in-law and the bride who are fighting each other, and the the worst and the and the UPS uh, <laughs> or USPS worker who comes in, who's the husband. Just standing there as they're all just shouting, Donnie, 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 come hold she my hand. She broke my arm versus I have a scar on my face. Clearly go with your wife. She has a worse injury on top of Donnie, being your wife. Donnie, it's like the start of fucking um, being alive from company where everyone's just saying the character's name and it's just going back and forth between a few people as they're just in the hospital. 
uh, you know, in, in the ER, and they're just like, Jesus, what the fuck? A fight broke out at the we- at a wedding at the Ritz, and it was between the bride and the the you know the mother of the groom. Oh my god! And it is just so wonderfully messy. I would have loved a whole episode of that. Yeah, it also could have been a musical episode. Did ER ever do um, a musical episode? I don't believe probably so. Probably not. Probably doesn't not. seem whimsical. Yeah, enough, I guess. But then the, like you never know. The only thing left uh, is that uh, the episode ends with every the beginning of the disaster protocol. There's an explosion, eight casualties, and Doctor Carter, who's staying awake to make the phone call, and is hanging around. They're all just like, "All right, everyone, get ready." Um, and uh, a bunch of you know, a bunch of ambulance arrive, and they just start immediately. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, triaging uh, the patients. And, yeah. you know, it's just like the, it, it says here, the theme, the original theme plays and the point of view pulls back, revealing the entire hospital for the first and only time. And then reveals a snow globe. Bo. The, yeah. <laughs> Didn't do that. Eh. Yeah. But they, they just purposely structured it, you know, to echo uh, the original as much as possible. Uh, you know, there's the over 24 hours, uh, serious cases, dizzy, you know, silly cases, Patients, doctors, experienced doctors, new people, how to do an IV, uh, a child, uh, you know, uh, swallowing, swallowing something. something. Yeah. Um, Someone you know, calling like that. police on parents for <laughs> something. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, oh, this, this feels bad now, Travis. What? The oh, girl no. with alcohol poisoning plotline was inspired by the death of John Wells' 17-year-old niece in a similar circumstance. Yikes. We'll get you to write a very special episode-ass plot. There we go. We'll cover John Wells, of course, again when we come back to talk about Shameless oh, next God. season. That's a promise. That's a threat. Yikes. <laughs> that was ER. That was the second season of As You Know. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Um, I don't know how much we've actually explained what's happening I mean, it's not not that much to explain. We're going to take a couple months off. Yeah, we're just taking a break for the holidays, yeah. reset, come back and talk about. For the first month, we're going to we're going to do some more theme th- shit uh, across all of it. Yeah, we're coming uh, we're back with do... a very special five episode or four episode event that takes place in uh, an alternate universe where things are a little bit more yeah, horrifying. <laughs> Shows don't uh, last more than a season. <laughs> what could be worse? But yeah, so we'll be back with just. One season episode or one season series. Uh, it's mostly going to be absolute shit, and uh, maybe you know, very special, very special Emily's reasons why not, or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, thanks for sticking around. Uh, it's a great way to talk to my friends uh, in person. And uh, Stephen, with your dying breath, can you take us home? <laughs> you asked me for a quote, Travis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he just did. Every man at some point is going to lose a battle. He's going to fight and he's going to lose. But what makes a man a man is in the midst of that battle, he does not lose himself. That's right. That was Coach Taylor. (laughs) 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 Happy happy season two ending, everybody.